and welcome to episode 396 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And the Travelling Wilbury. I know there's quite a few of the Travelling Wilburys, but um, he's the only one I know. And his name is Tony Esmond. Bonjour, mes amis. I'm the one at the end of the line, I believe it's the oh, uh, song, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, it's an absolute banger of a tune. This yeah. reference is completely lost on me. Travelling oh, Wilbury song. Yeah. Uh, d- 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 come on, Dan. I know you're just into grime and stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you should... Um, you should really invest in a traveling Wilbury CD. We'll get we'll get him that for his. Okay, yeah, like good. Yeah. Go. On the train on the train back right from where I was, there was two people sat in front of me, and I'm looking at them, and Sam's going to me, "Are they on telly?" And I think that, and I fucking realised they were those two old age pensioner blokes from London who now do drill music. Have you ever heard of them? They're called no. Baz and somebody else. They're fucking terrible. Oh my god. This for people who don't know, where have you been? I've been to France. Been to Angoulême. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What, is, what does that translate as? Do you know? Um, that's, the, that's the name of the town, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Tony has great hair. The, um, yeah, it's just the name of the town, I think. Yeah. Okay. Twinned with Tony Esmond. Um, <laughs> Although you did, I did send you a picture of a couple of twins, didn't I? <laughs> yes. We got, I got on the train, and then we sat down on the train, and I went, oh, fuck me, we're dressed the same. <laughs> it was absolutely marvellous and also I could laugh on a whole other level because I've turned up at a comic event dressed looking like me yeah, yeah we've done the same way yeah, yeah. you can we're do the, literally the same clothes yeah. the uniform they have in like blue or dark jeans with white trainers and a black t-shirt that's yeah. the uh, the standard uniform yeah, what's, yeah. That? what's that that sounds like a standard uniform of like a, a pop band from the 80s oh yeah band. or a sort of Nazi group of some kind oh. yeah. Yeah. well I think there's a, quite a lot of crossover in comics in that kind of yeah. That's funny you should mention that because Vince and I turned up with like little tiny moustaches under our noses and brown shirts tied up to the top. But welcome, <laughs> to, welcome to the show, everyone. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking a little bit about Angoulême and co- yeah. the comics culture in general and what's going on and like what it was like there. And uh, also probably having a little bit of a, a chat, a rant, talking about like, comics is it's look, shaping up to be a in, very interesting year for comics, isn't it? Um, publishing. Yeah. And, and across the board, um, so, and slightly a dodgy year, <laughs> yeah, and a worrying year, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, and everything all at yeah. once. Again, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here we go again. Yeah. Um, so, thank you for um, joining us this week, and we're going to be—it's just the three of us. As you see, we haven't got a guest this week, although we do have a little bit of audio that. We're, we're, yeah. But I'll, I'll let Tony lead that in uh, shortly. Um, yeah. But we'll do that in a bit. But our sponsors need a, no, no lead in whatsoever. They are the wonderful comic house. Yes. Indie comic marketplace with a difference that loves indie comics as much as we do. And uh, obviously they help keep the lights on in this place. Mm-hmm. I say this place like we're all in the same place. We it's, are really. It feels like we are, doesn't it? Yep. I've got an announcement about comic house. Oh. Rock, rock you to your core. Oh, okay. Not, not really. Uh, <laughs> Pete reached out and said, He's going to be sending an email out to you if he hasn't done so already. Oh, thank God. I thought that was a scam email. No, no, no. <laughs> if you're a user already, just to verify your username, because there's, uh, we just want to get rid of all the kind of unwanted bots. users and bots that are uh, yeah. infested sites. As people who create accounts just to review their own comics, those sort of people, you yeah. know. Yeah. So. yeah. I have done that, and I, I've completed it. Uh, and yeah, I clicked I, on it in the end, yeah, and then yeah. I thought, oh, what have I done? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But it sounds like it's all right, so it's good. That's so all legit. And you yes. should yeah. get involved in the service, because if you look at the Comic House website, there's a huge selection of independent comic titles on the database. If you self-publish, you can list your book on there as well. It's another avenue to get your the hard mm. copies out to the world, as well as the digital app. It's only uh, about £3 a month. You get access to an enormous and growing library of independent comics that we've talked about, will talk about, no, no doubt. Um, I always like looking for stuff that I've never really heard of. I mean, there's there's guests past, present, and no doubt future on that app, but I like looking for the ones that I have absolutely no... St- yeah, me too. St- yeah, we're always looking for something to recommend, aren't we? So it's a yeah, good place yeah, yeah. to stop for us. Yeah. So yes. should... One of them there called The Final Lullaby. It looks like a manga. Which I think oh, okay. we'll be circling back to later, won't we? Oh, in- yeah. indeed. Yes. Um, so you should look that up and many more. Uh, find out more about it. There's a 14-day free trial. And uh, check out comichouse.com. And thank you to them, as always, for sponsoring yeah. the show. Thanks, Pete. Cheers, Pete and the gang. Uh, Pete and the gang. They're not really a gang. They're just a no, group no. of friends. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not when, does a of, when does a group of friends become a gang? It's more sinister a gang, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say when violence involved, but that's many friend circles have that. <laughs> so, hey, hey, you're not supposed to talk about Fight Club. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, strip to the waist wrestle club yeah. that we're yeah. involved in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way more baby oil used in our wrestling than on, God. Yeah, Fight Pint, Club. pints of it. Oh God, yeah. I'll tell you what, it's <laughs> it's a expensive luxury, isn't it? That hobby. <laughs> and it stings. As and, and sometimes comics are the same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nicely done. Thank you. Um, yes, but what doesn't sting is when you end up going on a journey and discovering a wonderful sort of culture and atmosphere and surrounded by comics. And obviously, we've been talking about you know over the years, and we've mentioned. I mean, Tony, we've we've spoken to you about Angoulême before in the in the past. Yeah, I've been once for it's my second yeah. one. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is this is your second one. Is it your second? This is the first time pre-pandemic. Yeah, it was just pre-pre-pandemic, and then this is there was one more which we didn't end up going to last year because they moved the date and it clashed with a book for in Bologna, which was a big a big deal. So uh, yeah. we didn't do last year's. We were meant to. I think we had yeah. passes and everything. But yeah, it got moved. So um, just this is this is the next one. So me and Sam have been to the only ones in the last, apart from this one. Yeah. You know. So so to kick us off, then to, to start this off, firstly, um, for those who may not have heard us speak about it before or don't necessarily know what this is, what what is this Angoulême of which we speak, and how was the organisation and presentation obviously post lockdowns and pandemics and stuff like that? Yeah, that's interesting, man. I mean. So for those that don't know, Angoulême is kind of Europe's big convention. It's it's you know it's it's on par with New York and San Diego for me. It's massive, um, mm. massive, yeah, and it's spread all through um, the town of Angoulême, which is kind of just north of Bordeaux, if you know where that is, in sort of southernish France. Um, for those who want to go to it, I thought I might just explain how I got there very briefly, just so you can. If I think you'd enjoy it. I think most people listening to this would have either been or would certainly enjoy going. So it's easy for me. So it's a trip to from on the Eurostar. Uh, you then do a, um, a 10 stop hop on the tube, the French tube underneath Paris, across Paris. Uh, and then it's another two and a half hours from um, the trains, the main train station down to Angoulême. Okay. Now the, the trains in Europe are like, they're like double decker trains, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So it's quite a comfortable trip, you know, 
Um, so I, I go with no brow. So I get what's called a pro pass, um, which you apply for. And they, it's, it's, it was much easier this year. Last time we had to like leg it into the town, queue up the, you know, the people who issue passes. And then, um, but this time they sent it to you and you can print it out. Oh, wow. um, and you just much put it in easier. a lanyard. Oh, so, so much better. Mm. Yeah. So it, the, the everyone hears that the town of Angoulême is difficult to get accommodation. And to a certain extent, that is true. But what it does, it's a big town. It's sort of a town on a hill, really. So if you think of it, there's sort of battlements, as it, as it were, on the top of this hill. And that's in, within those battlements is, is an area of the town that's sort of historic. So the main offices and where the press offices and the organising offices are in the hotel. I think it's called the Hotel de Ville, which is kind of the town hall. Um, and it's all in there. But around that are various tents and various other venues, which we we'll talk about in a bit, um, that contain the convention. So as you walk about, you're in the whole of the town, you're in the convention, but in the lower bit of the town, between that area and the train station, are basically houses for people who open up their doors for convention goers. It's almost like a tradition, because long before Airbnb, that these people were open their doors um, to people travelling in to, who are fans or professionals within Bon Destiné and, and, and elsewhere. Um, so we stay with a lovely lady called Catherine, and we are. I think Sam's been staying there for God donkey's years, you know, well over a decade. And I've stayed there the last couple of times, and she's just this lovely lady who is not expensive, and she picks us up when we get at the train station, drives us to the house. You know, we have breakfast with her every morning. She's got a bit of English, and I, you know, and Sam's got quite a lot of French, and I've got a tiny bit, and uh, we just sort of have a have a giggle with her, you know. Oh, that's excellent. Um, yeah, it's really nice. And there was a couple of other people staying there. Um, the, who had no, they were from Brittany, so they had quite strong accents, but they didn't have any English. But we'd sort of communicate by pointing at comics and things and <laughs> chatting about it. And universal language, yeah, yeah, they were lovely. They they do a sort of equivalent of like a fanzine, like a speakeasy or an Arkansas or a Tomorrow's publication, but in French, obviously. And um, and they they were close to where I was sort of based in the, in the convention hall, so they're nice as well. And we just sit there and have breakfast together, and then we all troll up up the hill. God, that, now that's a hike because it's literally on a hill. Hmm. So you have to like, you know, you, you know, like hills that you wouldn't want to cycle down because they're yeah, so steep. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like that. And then you get to the top of those hills and you're like, oh, I'm knackered now. And then there's like a set of like 400 steps or something. You have to walk. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh, here we go. Not these steps again. And you sort of leg it to the top steps. So then, it's quite nice on the way home. Then Although you got to do you, a Conde as well. Yeah, and you got to wander around the con. But on the way home, if you've had a few jars, it's quite icy on the way down. You know, you see people <laughs> like on their ass, you know, trying to get the way down the hill and stuff like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful town. It's not. Um, it's probably not a place to go to outside of the convention, but everywhere there's a, there's a museum that has an all round year um, comics exhibition there. Um, there's all kinds of murals and street art and stuff um, about. There's a massive one about Asterix the Gaul at the moment. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. The train station, you wouldn't believe it, man. The train station, this is, it's been done up since last time we were there, but you come out the front of it and there's two, um, asterisk statues there. Oh, awesome. Know, commemorating Gossini and, you know, Uderzo and, and, and then the, there's like the, just the train, the, the sort of staircase over the top of the platform has got like art on it. It's like Drouet and, um, Husano and, um, Ito and, it's like an art exhibition in itself. Oh, that's excellent. That's, yeah. Because one of the things I was very kind of like, oh, my God, I'm so jealous of that, was when you uh, said there was going to be those big art displays by the uh, Genji Ito was stuff was going to be oh, there, man. wasn't it? Yeah, there was 
there was easily i mean 10 ex 10 major exhibitions probably um i went to two so day one so we got in on the wednesday you get we got in because of our train we got in about half six and we sort of legged it to the town and sort of you know said hello to various people in restaurants and then we had a believe it or not we had a curry and it's quite <laughs> a good curry restaurant there we were wandering around everywhere's pa- always packed there so wandering around and we said we'll probably get a table in there so we went in there and we were just knackered so we sat down there and had a couple of beers and a curry and it was just all we needed you know yeah um but yeah the so i got up early on the thursday and went to the the Druye and the Ikigami um, um, exhibitions were in the same, the Angolan Museum. So the ground floor of the Angolan Museum is like dinosaur bones and all this sort of thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then you go up the stairs and there's these two massive exhibitions. But I got there for it opening. So I opened at 10 and it was still packed, absolutely rammed. And I then, can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that and then I did some running around and looking at stuff, you know, and, um, I thought, oh, I'll go and see the Ito on the Friday. Couldn't get anywhere near it, man. Really? Couldn't, yeah, there's, there was there's these sort of concrete concrete stairs outside into the venue, and there, there was a line all the way around the block. I thought, Bloody I ain't got, I ain't got the time. Wow. You know, this kind of uh, I'm interested in hearing this because you mentioned before we start recording, there's actually quite a lot of pushback at Manga. Yeah, uh, we can talk about that now if you want. Yeah, yeah, there does is. that seem a good time to it? Yeah, I think so, man. Yeah, so. Manga is everywhere, isn't it? You know, I think most notably to me is one one of the places I hung out was what's called the Rights Tent, um, which is where um, the different companies have a have a booth or people who work for publishers turn up, and it's all about the sale and purchase of foreign rights of comics. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah. Rebellion had a store there, so they can sell the Steel Claw collections to Poland, for example, or you know this sort of thing. Yeah, um, and we spent a lot of time in there, and there's a little at the back of it. There's a sort of talk. Um, and it's different companies, different countries, mostly, who are presenting their comics. Now, interestingly, Jap- there weren't any Japanese companies. Um, and well, well, I was chatting to Sam about it, and we said, well, they, they don't need it. You right. know, people it's, are desperate for them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But what it's there was, there was um, a Taiwanese stall. They, they were making a big deal of it because they've got a lot of comics that are, I suppose, with all due respect to Taiwan, manga adjacent, you know. Yes, um, and Hong Kong as well, who are now sort of laying somewhere between J- the style of Jade Man comics, which we all love on here, don't we? Yeah. Mm. And um, uh, the sort of more manga-esque and the sort of more all-ages stuff as well. So they, you'd walk past and they, then all these people would say, oh, you know, where are you from? And have you seen this? And, you know, they have all their books with them and you chat to them and then they might be doing a presentation later and you can go and sit and watch that. A lot of it was in English as well. Um yeah, so there's that, but the Jap- from the Japanese point of view, to get back to your question, is um, it was everywhere. Right. Now there's a big right next to the train the train station is a manga center that it looks like the outside of something you would see in a, a, Kur- a Kurosawa movie. Okay. They've done it out, so it looks like that arch. Yeah, now that you yeah. see. Yeah. Um, and in and I couldn't get anywhere near it, so I was going to go there, another one. I was going to go to on Friday, and I was chatting to a couple of guys that I was I'd met. And I said, "Oh, they said what are you doing for the rest of the day?" And I said, "Well, I might go to, down to the manga one." And one of the guys said, oh, "Man, don't even bother. It's going to be packed." Um, and it's right because it's right next to the state the train station, um, and we were quite close to it. The end of the queue was easily a couple hundred meters from the door before it opened on the Saturday. Christ, yeah. I was like, a, it's like a massive deal there, but 
um, speaking to people, they were the sort of smaller public publishers. Um, they are like, what can we do to stop manga taking over our comics? Um, and uh-huh. from a sort of French, French people, you know, and, and I, and I had to say, well, I don't think you can, man, because it's, you're probably in relation to that sort of thing. You're probably a few years behind America and, and Britain and it's done us already. Yeah. <laughs> We've already been beaten back by that wave, my friend, mm. you know, um, it's totally, yeah, totally been steamrolled by that. Like, it's yeah. just, and I think yeah, the, there's a re- such a reverence for their comics, which we don't have in his country for, you know, people, nobody cares about the history of British comics. Do they really No. in general? Um, there's such a reverence for their comics. So they're, they're, they're worried that it's going to take it away. So, one of the one of the big tents is um, so. There's a, I'll talk about it in a minute, but there's various tents. But one of them is is where all the massive publishers are: Soleil, Dugard, uh, Spiru, you know, Heavy Metal. All these sort of people have these yeah. sort of big, massive. So there's a massive tent, and in it, inside it, it was almost like they built buildings, you know. And you go in, and they do have manga areas in them, but they're nothing in comparison to the rest of the um, Baldessine products. Right. Um, okay. But. You do sense that manga is absolutely massive there. Yeah, all the kids turning up on the Saturday because Thursday school they have a lot of school kids. Friday tends to be adults, and then Saturday and Sunday tends to be the more the kids stuff. Um, yeah, you see that. That's the one of the guys was saying to me. That's we we don't normally have cosplay, but we do now because of manga. So I'm not sure if it was more visible, but there was a, there was a big influx of fans of manga at the weekend it doesn't strike me it strikes me as more of a serious place for comics i mean like not that you'd get uh people dressing up in cosplay so that kind of like tracks but very interesting yeah. that the fact that there there is now people turning up with in yeah. cosplay it's wow okay yeah i saw a little bit of it not a huge amount i mean it was a big year this year and maybe the reverence for the the uh you know the, the great masters of um french comics was because it's the 50th anniversary um, but you, as you walk down the high street, um, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a big high street drag. Imagine like the high street in somewhere like Colchester or, you know, when those sort of bigger English towns yeah. is that's the high street. And on each side is, you know, there's like a, a Burns or something like that, you know, and down that drag, which leads between the main tents, um, they have banners over the hung from the lampposts and they have Gossini and Herjay and you know, these sort of people. And they also had Klaus. Um, as on one, um, Julie Doucette on another. Julie Doucette was one of the big guests, but they also had um, Otomo and um, Tezuka okay. on those banners as well, which is interesting. Some of the big names, yeah. I mean, Tezuka to me is comparable to Herge, isn't he? Really, there's a there's a Herge element, you know, yeah, stuff see, like Ast- Astro that, Boy yeah. and stuff, yeah. So there's a bit of a. I don't think they quite mind the older stuff. I think it's the new. Um, I won't name the person, but it's, there's some. Somebody said to me, "It's comics for babies." Tony was his big, you know, that was his broken English translation of what he was trying to get at to me. Do you, Do you think it's more? Uh, I, I'm not being down on those people anymore. Who thinks mm. that like a bit sour, sour, sour grapes kind of deal? I mean, maybe. And um, there's also like the, the cultural differences as well, like you know, and and there are cultural divides within certain things. Um, I know when I've been in Europe, like like we've said like in France and uh, Belgium etc like the sequential storytelling is put on a on a different platform than anything yeah. we're, we're used to um, but if you showed them 
like a superhero comic or something like that they would probably go uh, some of the some of the people who live their lives reading these books would just turn their nose up at them like, I, mean, I think that's a definite i was that i've written that down as a no and i think you're completely right there because whilst yeah. they have the reverence the reverence for their great creators you know there's there was very little for example kirby ditko neil adams yeah, yeah. on show no um yeah and Jack Kirby wasn't on a banner that I saw anyway. He may have been elsewhere in the and same. And I can to- I can totally believe that because mm. you know they they tr- they treasure the artists that, that they have. But yeah, it's, it's, it's also very different. You know, yeah. I kind of think American comics are somewhere between French comics. Oh, this is very general. I appreciate mm. you know somebody's going to say, "Oh, no, about this," but this is a very generalization. So you've got the rich, detailed Bondesne album art in France and Belgium. And you've got the very sort of perhaps a panel or two on a page, flashy kinetic art of manga. And then, you know, we kind of, American comics anyway, kind of lay somewhere between the two, don't they? Yeah. I agree. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is, it's very different. And you're right, it's very cultural. And God bless them, the French, they're standing their ground, you know. And I, I have to say, if, if you know, if, if, if there was a big argument, where are the greatest comics made in the world? I think France would have a fucking good argument. Good case to... Yeah, but how would how would you go about saying we're not going to entertain this? I mean, they they seem to be uh, there was advocate. They seem to be on the yeah. losing foot there because like there's a whole center built to manga. Yeah. And- it's and and also like if you look at it from a business perspective, it's it's supply and demand. Exactly. If, if, yeah, if, if their comments are born says, of frustration. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we're not going to you know put these. We're, you're not going to be able to buy these books fr- from our place anymore. Someone's going to be like. Well, I can make a lot of money just importing these, and, and mm, yeah. so so they'll get them from somewhere else. I mean, I can totally understand the frustration. Totally, yeah, yeah. It's, mm. it's like it's like what you're going to do. I mean, I heard it. I heard it. I'm going to say I heard it from two publishers, and I heard it from maybe two or three other people. You know, not one definitely was said in booze, um, but also it's interesting. You know, because. I love I love their scene, and I, I think I texted you both. I actually genuinely got quite emotional mm. on day one of the convention because I absolutely yeah. I wish I wish we could be that in love with comics here. You yeah. Know? yeah, I really yeah. do. But God bless them. The French are there is I mean well, there's this element to me as well, but they are they can be summed up as being occasionally quite snobbish. Let's put that. That's, that's me being as nice that's, about that. As that's been fair, I think. Yeah, I think so. And um, so. Whilst they had this sort of militant attitude towards the influx and invasion, as they would see it, of manga, they also, interestingly, got into conversations with me about um, kind of the is more directed at the American scene, but you know, I, I take it to contain the British scene, and it was all so in a, in a, in summation of a long com- couple of conversations I had over dinner and at a table. What they're saying is. French people care about their comics. They care about what they call the ninth arts. They care about the beauty and the story and 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 the legend that is their comics. And it seems that the British and Americans care about arguing on social media. <laughs> Surely and, not. Yeah. Surely what a weird, not. If, where did that come what, from the blue? Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what, Tony, if you want, if you want to have an argument about that, let's take it yeah. to social media. Let's prove them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny that I was just watching a Perch video when he was saying about the fact that... Uh, the comic creators over the week, week, week and weekend were talking more about that girl filming herself in the gym than they were the comic events which are running now. And I, like, I, I don't really go on Twitter to look at 
a lot of I don't read any of that stuff because they don't talk about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I had a better conversation, a more in-depth conversation about the recent events in Spider-Man because this bloke purposely had the English language Spider-Man uh, Marvel app to read them mm. with a Frenchman than I have in years with anyone <laughs> in the UK. Right. And he can't, he's reading it in a second language. Yeah. And he's talking about the Green Goblin and the Golden Globe, you know, this sort of thing. He's mm. just talking to me about it. I'm loving it. I'm thinking, I don't know anyone at the moment. You know, this, talk, this, yeah. talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So these, there's not there's not a lack of love about it, but they do say what what are you doing? You know, it's like yeah. that with them. You know, yeah. yeah. Just com- what well, as in like a complete mystified. Why the, why are you doing? Yeah, this? Yeah. Why don't like, you? And they're they're opening books and going, look at this though. Look at it. You know, yeah. they're. I'm going. I, you got me, man. I agree with you. This is the most beautiful thing. I mean, I bought about five albums in French. I cannot fucking read. Do you know French, what I mean? Yeah. But just because I absolutely he, he, he love it, he can't read French. Or maybe, yeah. or maybe yeah. he's just like completely down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like I can, I can, you know, you can make it. Some of them you can make it. You, know, you can yeah, read a Herge yeah. comic, can't you? I, but the, some of them you're like, no, I've got no clue. But it looks amazing. I don't yeah. want to touch on all that that nonsense talking about stuff. But like that wasn't brought to the table by the the kind of hardcore comic fans. If you know what I mean, they've just been reading for years and years. And years. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it's funny. and uh, I, I kind of feel like nowadays the people kind of like harsh and gatekeeping but there's so many bad faith actors that just come into hobbies now where I see people having getting on and having fun just to fucking wreck it and then yeah. they move on to the next thing and they've got yeah. no interest in it they just want to wreck it and i think you're totally I, right man i think the problem here was that, that as you know a, um, a, a group and a community of people who, you know a country of people who love this comic that's what they think we're doing so right. they don't see the silent majority of comic readers who yeah. like go into the shop with me and buy comics every week and read 30 comics a week. And, you know, they don't see them. All they see is the embarrassment yeah. people, you know, and also they think that these people are so stupid. They can't understand the likes of Christoph Beck and, you know, Leo and all these sort of people because they just don't have the brains because all they're interested in is arguing about She-Hulk or something. Uh. She-Hulk was the one that was quoted to me twice, actually. Um, <sighs> as being, what is this nonsense about? I can't. No. What can you say to that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, but um, that's an outsider looking in with nothing in the game, but what they're observing is, is yeah, yeah. Um, but someone who loves it as well, you know, someone who's in love with the, the medium is all the same medium, you know. The interesting thing um, I, I took as well is they're very into new, what's new and what's coming out, and what's current. Um, so um, all of the stalls and the tents and stuff were the last few years of comics. So okay. I was thinking about that. I was trying to sort of think what was hot, the new hot books. I made a list of a few little things. And um, it's not Carthago, which was a book that we, you know, thought was hot a five a few years. I didn't really see that. But where yeah. I did see it, there's a flea market shop. Like it's like a warehousey shop. You go in and there's all these shops linked, yeah. you know, like a sort of secondhand market kind of area. Yeah. And I managed to find that because it wasn't on any maps. And and that was all the old stuff, you know, the Michael Valiant and, you know, this sort of thing, Tarzan yeah. and, you know, all these sort of old books. But none of them were super expensive. You know, it was always like, you know, like five euros each or something. Um, okay. I just wish I had a bigger suitcase. So it tends to be <laughs> it tends to be more of um, they keep up to date with it. They're reading like the whatever volume Thorgal's on now. It's like fucking 50 or something. You know, that was that was there was like hundreds of them on one shelf. You know, there was a big literally a pile from the floor to sort of eye height of the new Thorgal, hmm. um, which when you look at it is. To us, you know, to some, not to me and you guys probably, but to some American comic readers, they're going, well, that looks a bit like it's from the 50s or something, you know. But 
they're, they're eating out, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, we yeah. had that thing a couple of months ago, was it? When they said, oh, look, Bon Destiné, that's where it's at. And from like an American creator. And it's like, man, it's like, it's been, this scene's been around for fucking ages. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You should be getting on it. Yeah. Um, I've made a little list of the different tents and I thought that might be an interesting, so you can sort of get, you can sense the scale of it. So if we, if it, like we said, if we describe it as a, as a town that's the size of I don't know Colchester or somewhere, um, there was these different tents. So there's the main tent one with all the the the, um, the, the publishers in, you know, what I've just mentioned. But the tents are thematic in a way, if you think of them like that. So you've got the mainstream one, and then you've also got one which is, I would say, it's where Fantagraphics, Drawn and Quarterly, No Brow, those sort of companies would have tables. Okay, um, and that's in itself like a whole street. And you go in there and it starts with the bigger companies and there's this big central area. You can walk around it. Um, and then it like it weaves off like an alleyway that gets sort of smaller and thinner and thinner. And right at the end of there are the smaller, um, the smaller publishers. Um, so that, and, and that's where the sort of more indie stuff is more underground. And what, then set, what are the French kind of underground comics like, are they very similar to the, the, the stuff like you get from the States? They're certainly, um, they're certainly like that. Yes, they do have a reverence for that. Um, some of them, for the, the, we'll talk about in a minute in relation to the signing I did, but they're they're very much that scene. Um, right. There was a, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's a, an actually an underground building, um, underground overground, if you know what I mean, Wombling Free, but the um, which has the um, what would probably be a uh, um, what would you call it? A, z- a, z- a zine fair. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that was down by the train station. I didn't get really get a proper look in there, but that was more like lino prints and um, small zines and that sort of thing there. Um, so that, there's almost like a separation there. It seemed to me that the in this this indie tent, the production values were higher. Put it that way. Breakdown right, okay. Press had a stall there. A few various people, um, and that was the one that sort of me and Sam sort of haunted really that was our favorite place to go as that was the people we would be looking for but saying that on the train there um there was a lady sat next to me on the train who was making her own comic um she, she was she was folding this comic up and putting it into matchboxes and that was her comic so i guess she was in that sort of zine fair bit because i didn't see her um properly for saying matchboxes bloody hell i oh, know she was watching her make it yeah yeah well there you go so you've, you've got that You've got a kid's tent. You've got a couple of those, actually. Um, you've got, a, um, it's almost like the cathedral if you go in there. Um, in fact, I ended up chatting to the guys on the door there because they were like super friendly and had great int- English. And they, and that's the one that had all the sort of kids' workshops, little bit of a book market in there, um, like a little area where someone would do a talk. And so there was that. I mean, that was, that one is the size of true believers, just that one, you know. Wow. Um, you had um, various talk halls, various exhibitions spotted all over the town. You had the manga tent. Um, you had the museum, uh, Don Glen, which was the one that had the, the um, Ikigami and Drew Ye, um manga at its own building. You had two cinemas. Um, and then you had the one that I stuck a load of pictures on the Slack from, which was the OA tent. Um, and that was just, that's like, that's like looking at the OA in New York, um, but with a European film. And at the back of that, you had an exhibition. Um, I think it was nice to see. Do you remember the uh, the spectators? But we yeah. reviewed in the first year from No Brow by Victor Husno. Mm. Husno's not Husno's not a small deal in there now. You know, he had a couple of pages up 
that were next to um leo had some pages up and breccia um and that was that was the tent um there's like a, Mo- a Mobius stall that sells notebooks and Mobius and the, collect- the hardback collections and stuff like that. There's a Hergé stall in there. And then there's all these massive binders and you can look through artwork. But I'll tell you, probably cheaper than American sales as well, I'm going to say. Okay. Um, yeah, I have a look on the stack, but there was a couple of pages there by some great artists and they were only like 150 euros. I was extremely tempted. Had it not been the fact that you got, I got to push my suitcase all across Paris and then, like, <laughs> you know, under about 400 other suitcases on the Eurostar. I might have, I might have thought about it, you know. Um, yeah. So the, Euro, the OA 10 was great, but you got, you got to couple into that the fact that everyone is in on the game. So for example, there's a, as you come up the hill, there's like a furniture shop on the corner and it's got a load of posters and, you know, drawings on the windows of, um, um, asterisks. Nice. Stuff like that. And there was a, an opticians with a sort of a mini Hergé thing in the window. <laughs> and, you know, everyone so it, is in on it. It's like the lakes, like, cranked up to 100. Like. Well, the lakes is the lakes are quite open about basing themselves on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's it's the daddy. You know, it really is. It's got nothing to do with what they're flogging. But it's like, yeah, look, come on. Got after yeah. fucking yeah. glasses in there. Are they? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, come in. Come in for the glasses. You look like the Thompson twins. <laughs> Surely you could you could do an offer on reading glasses for that weekend. Yeah, good shout, yeah, man. Go. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Um, yeah, so you got that. So every, everything is in on the game. I went for lunch. So I, I had to do, this is impossible. I don't know how I managed it. But on the Friday, Sam had to go off to a meeting. And I said, oh, I'm going to go. And I'm, I'm knackered. I'm going to go and have a coffee and a sandwich somewhere. And it's impossible to find it somewhere. You know, and it's a town of restaurants everywhere. Or is it still jammed up? Just jammed, yeah. So I found one, and they sat me right in the back of this place, and it had a load of. Um, if you know, I don't know if you know Lestrange. With the so Lestrange was Marvel um, for for decades. When I was a kid, we used to go to France to get bored, and it would be the X Men in French and stuff like that. Right, okay. And all the covers were lovely covers or painted covers, and it had all the covers on the walls, and the menu had superheroes on uh, it. Oh, nice, you know, sort of thing. So every everywhere was in on it. The Indian restaurant we went to had clearly like rented like an empty premises opposite and put a load of tables in there because they knew they're going to make a fucking bomb during the convention, you know? Um, Yeah. So it's literally everywhere you go is in on the game. Posters on the side of walls, things tied to lampposts, new statues. It sounds fantastic. The whole kind of, yeah. 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 It's, it's just brilliant, man. And then, so that, that's the sort of layout. Do you get that? Is there any question? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that makes mm. sense. Yeah. So Thursday, um, they because I, I, Crowa Funding, who are guys who stock some of our comics, um, um, Xavier from Lille, um, is um, stocks and he said, "Well, I've got a table." And he, for years, he's been doing a fanzine about comics, um, which you'll hear about in the interview in a minute. But he's he's also started stocking small press. And he got some of our stuff in. And he said, oh, you out? Would you, would you want to do a signing on the Thursday? Oh, God. You know, so I've got, that's a heavy burden. <laughs> you know, all yeah. these fucking amazing people. And you've just got me along. Um, but he's super, he's like, man, we had a fucking such a laugh. So we did the signing. You'll hear an interview from him in a minute. But um, we did the signing and we're, and we're next. And in fact, we were three tables down from the people we were sharing the, air, the, the bed and breakfast with. So it was like a nice little line of people, of people we knew, you know. Um, and um, we just... It was the honestly the funniest. Sam came around and we just laughed and I signed a few comics. Sold I think we sold five or something, you know. But uh it was the nicest afternoon. Then he said, Well, we're all going for dinner. I've booked a table. Do you want to come along? 
So I went along um, with him and his buddies who were from the table next to him and with him and a bloke called Chad Bellew, who you'll hear about in a minute, who's um, an American dude living in um, Amsterdam. And we sat there and it was the, the funniest night ever. We just laughed all the way through the night. To the You know, when it's like to the point where we've got to do this every Thursday, you know, every <laughs> Thursday, I'm going to be like that sort of thing. Um, and uh, and we just laughed our way through it. And then, it kind of, and then I went back and saw them again on on the Friday and we had a sort of a chill there. But uh, yeah, it's, it's like I say, man, it's just about, it's just the love of comics. Looking at the table of people at that dinner, racially, everyone was different. You know, there was a mix of sexualities at that table, a mixture of nationalities. But the thing we had all had in common is like comics. Comics, comics yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's we, always it's been to, to me a really kind of an accepting uh, kind of not hobby, but just anyone's welcome. You know what I mean? It was always, yeah. I always thought it was like that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah, I thought it always was always and always is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did that. Um, oh, because Sam was at some high flute dinner. And um, and then I had to go and see. We, we only had one key, didn't we, between us to get in and out of the bed and breakfast. So I had to go and find him. And I was sort of trolling about the town trying to figure out where he was. And he weren't on, you know, he weren't answering his phone. And I eventually found the hotel he was in. And I sort of sat in the hallway, like absolutely knackered, thinking, thank God I'm somewhere warm. Because yeah. it was freezing, and sat there and read about four comics and just waited for him to finish, and then we sort of trolled back to the hotel. But uh, but even like that, the hotel you go in the hotel, there's stand you know like standees, cardboard standees of all the characters in all the doorways um, by the lifts. As you enter, they've got all the brochures and stuff. Um, yeah, it was amazing. So I, I think it was Glen A, Glen A or Casterman or someone was having a big man. He got invited, even got invited to because oh oh me, I, I ended up like trolling it with my mates but we ended up having a fucking top laugh do you know what i mean it was like one of those sort of nights but uh yeah fucking cold so last time we went it rained non-stop um but this time fucking cold and um it was slightly embarrassing because me and sam had the same clothes on and we also had both had woolly hats <laughs> and we had to take it in turns to wear woolly hats because we would look, look like a proper couple of sort of hipster the thompson <laughs> twins wearing <laughs> Like you walked yeah. in from a Wes Anderson film or something. Like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Laurel and Hardy, but the um, yeah, it's good, man. I, I have to say, um, I uh, as we all do, I suppose occasionally we go, oh, I'm sick of this crap, man. You know, this like non-stop dog eat dog biting at each other nonsense, and um, it really instilled it in me. I I had a moment where I think Sam had gone off from me, and I said, I'm going to go get coffee, and I sat in his coffee shop. Um, surrounded by people reading comics um, and thought and just dragged out the stuff I'd bought already and read it. And I thought, this is amazing. Yeah. Just incredible. This is what he wants um, to be about all the time. You know yeah. They they got it going on, man. They really have. Yeah. Um, we People have been telling this for us this for years, haven't they? And I wish yes. it was like France. And we're like, yeah, but we're okay. We're okay. Yeah. Man, we're fucking behind the game so far. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a position where we can ever get to that point do you know what I mean it's yeah there needs, yeah there needs to be a major cultural shift um just because of the way that I'm just speaking for the UK the the way that the UK has viewed the art form and the way it's yeah seen, and lost seen, its view of it we've lost yeah, it you know yeah, yeah oh, it's totally and, what and, I don't know and, you it's not going forward mm. no, no um you know for a long time even though there's all these people fighting the good fight it's been seen as a joke which is 
or like it's, yeah. a pun- it's a punchline for something or for kids or things like that. Or it's niche. And yeah. um, once you've dug yourself into that ditch for f- 50 plus years. How to get out. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I made a few notes of some of the hotter books out there. Okay. Um, yeah, go for it. I thought maybe stuff that's coming. So um, a lot of people have been asking us what's happening with Europe comics. All it is, is they've just stopped their sort of convention going and, um, uh, public facing stuff they're still they're still translating and putting books out uh, you know? okay that's good um, yeah so hopefully a lot of this will come will come to us um spiru's still hot you know that's, so that's the magazine and the character that's um sort of kids character you saw that was nice actually because thursday you would literally see buses of kids like pouring off and going into a lot of the things and in the main um the main publisher's tent right at the back is the spiru thing and is all the kids are coming out spiru's got this like little beret thing and they all came out wearing those like cardboard versions of it and stuff so it's good to see um still a, an awful lot of asterisks love actually um I'm, i think as kids and not you two guys were like as kids you were either a, a tintin or an asterisk kid weren't you yes and i was more of an asterisk kid and i think my sister was more of a tintin so i did read it but i was kind of I, reading i was an asterisk kid and it's Normally, it, it's depending on the drugs you get fed, isn't it? Um, and <laughs> yeah. and in, my yeah. pri- in my primary school, um, you know, on the small shelves that had like a collection of storybooks and stuff, there was asterisk. There was a, there wasn't any yeah. tintin. It was it was just asterisk. So I immediately, you know, the image of him uppercutting uh, Roman soldiers out of their yeah. sandals yeah, yeah. is just ingrained in my brain forever. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've got a story about that. When I got into Asterix, and that was bloody, my mum uh, had to go out for some reason, so I got dropped off like this youth club, and there was like loads and loads of kids there, and I didn't fucking know anyone, and they all seemed older than me. So like <laughs> there was a bunch of comic books and stuff, and I went over, and I think I read like two or three Asterix like for an hour or two. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. I didn't speak to anyone. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that weird kid in the like corner? A great night. That sounds like yeah. a great night. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to read these. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Sam said that to me at one point. He says, "Oh, do you want to come? I've got to go to this thing." I said, "Mate, the most pleasant thing I can possibly think of at the moment. I'm so tired. I just want to sit in a cafe, drink coffee, and read a comic." Yeah. yeah so even now I'm like that, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Tintin, not as much. Um, now Tintin's there's obviously this problem. I know uh, EOC have just done an episode on it, but there's obviously there's there's certain sort of racial stereotypes that appear in Tintin that are probably considered to be offensive these days but may may or may not have been back when he did them i think it probably even then would have been fairly fucking insulting yeah. and, it, and, it's, and 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 um herge has got a reputation of being a man of many different factors um uh he was arrested for being a collaborator um with the germans um but i think eventually found not guilty of that and also he's you know he's he's, he's been a bit backwards and forwards on belief systems and philosophies and um, styles so there wasn't as much herge there although he there is a statue of him right in the center of um the town there was he was in a banner and there's also noticed that one of the stores has a young tintin line coming out so i'm not sure how popular that is um, but it's interesting hey isn't he quite young yeah anyway? well yeah this is more sort of he looks very kiddie he almost looks like uh, calvin and Hobbes age you know day out or something like that <laughs> yeah 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 um it's good to see that enki Bilal is still hot there's still a lot of stuff about him there's a, a book called bug i think there's some pages from that um uh la terra I, i'm not going to do this because i've got the piss taken at me for doing this when we're away, where you, you try and say french things and you try and say them with a slightly french accent do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm terrible it was embarrassing um 
but La Terre Vagabond, which is by Christoph Beck, who I know we've talked about previously on here. He's done quite a lot of writing type of stuff. Um, a book you might like, Vince, is called Elves. So E-L-F-E-S. Uh, and it's I think it's up to like 40 volumes now. And it's sort of a fantasy series. It looks looks lovely. Um, I think I've... Um... Keep going because I think I, yeah. You see, you've had that from from um. I've I've seen that Europe somewhere. comics maybe. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Go on, carry on. Yeah, it's good. It's very strong visually. Um, there's it was great to see them. So there's very little American comics. So there was one stall that was selling was kind of like the DC comics for um France. I can't remember the name of it now, but they had lots of Batman stuff. They'd uh, some Superman titles and stuff like that as well. But there was a massive part of their stall was Department of Truth. Like literally, right, yeah. I, I stuck a picture on Twitter. I, I didn't stick a picture on Twitter. I sent it to mine, and he said, "Oh my god, I've just seen this. I wish I was in Angoulême." And he stuck it out, and like just masses of hardbacks. You know, they're treated so well. The way they treat the, you know the, the way they package them is just so lovely. For example, there's some Conan books that are just like would you to die for. You know, like massive, oversized, you know, hardbacks with just amazing art, and so which is what you want on a Conan book, yeah. God, yeah. Uh, is that Lee, the, the Conan the Sumerian? Is that the? Is no, that the... I'm not sure. So, so the Sumerian is the the book that we've read, isn't it? That they've been yes. putting out. Yeah, Ablaze. I can't remember now. Um, but the this, I'm not sure if it was the same one. If it was, it may have been some in the future that we haven't seen yet. Um, but it was called Conan, so maybe that's legal in France because I know the Sumerian is for licensing reasons. I'm guessing in the states. So whether they're allowed to call it Conan, but it definitely said Conan on the cover. Right, okay. So I'm not sure about that. I'm not totally sure about that. Um, a big one was, believe it or not, was Berserker, the Keanu book. Really? Um, yeah, a lot of publicity going on for that one. Yeah, big push on that one. So it was That's those interesting. posters in windows and stuff like that and on um, street signs and things for that. Right. Um, and I think that's that seems to be doing quite well. That gets like, well, I don't say it gets a lot of grief, but people were kind of a bit funny about that, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, because they kickstarted it. I mean, yeah, uh, the, the you, you sent on the story earlier, didn't you, about a kind of a bigger company that's kickstarted the book? We, and, we might, we, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we, we'll discuss that at another time. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, never going to see yeah. that money again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not. That's what people are saying. Um, the um, the new Thorgal that was, as I said before, that was very popular. And there's a new sci-fi series called Argo, which looks really nice. Um, there's one that's absolutely everywhere. Is a boat, uh, and it was in the train station, and it's called Hoka Hay, which is a, a Native American book. With a, it's not manga, but it's got slight touches of manga in the art, and it's um oversized, quite a thick hardcover, um, and that's been pushed quite a lot. And I think it's it's a historical book, you know, it's one of those sort of things. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Uh, Leo's still massive. Um, I'm a massive fan of Leo. Um, I, I particularly like his art, although there is a static quality to stuff like the survivals, survivor, survivors. Mm. Um, what else did he do? Beetle Juice. Um, he did, uh, oh, was it? Did he do something dimension? Anyway, so he's got two new books out. I oh, did Namibia, those books as well. But he's got a new book out called Scotland, which is a story about Scotland. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, He's got another book that he's just written, but the artist is very similar to him called Deman, which is uh, Tomorrow in French. Um, and it's oh, one of the strongest. Co- I literally bought it because I just love the, co- the cover on that one. 
Um, so he's still massive. I bought a book of his, um, and they what they do is they put a sticker on the back of it, and they give you like a little plastic credit thing, like a little coin made out of plastic. And, that, and that's so you can then go and stand in the queue to get him to draw in it because um, you can prove that you bought one at the convention. Uh, and so okay. I thought, oh, right. And she just surprised me with it. And I went, oh, okay. So I went to look for the Leo queue and it was the fucking miles, man. Yeah. I can for anyone imagine, he draws yeah. in every comic, I thought, I'm going to be here for four hours. I ain't got time. Yeah. Um, so there's that. There's a book called Sillage, which is a sort of sci fi book. It's getting a big push. Uh, what else was there? Noir Burlesque by Marini. He's um, that's still quite hot. Um, I saw Marini there, uh, Enrico Marini. He was there signing. He was in the OA tent, which I think is the sort of tent you go if you're like they think you're like the governor. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. there was a few people drawing in there, so he was in there sketching. Um, Taboo is um, had the sort of central one of the big stores in the central area in the sort of indie tent, and they do the the proper you know, erotic comics. Mm. Um, and it's all like Carthage and, uh, you know, the Romans and all this sort of thing. And there must have been six artists all drawing at the same time in there and there's massive queues for them. So God bless the French. They don't care if you think they're a bit of a perv. <laughs> yes. I'll just go and buy stuff. Yeah. You know, me, I'm like, I would, it's like looking at a porn magazine in a news agents when you're fucking 14 or something. You know, it's a bit embarrassing to just go and open a book and look at it. Oh my God, what they think of me. You know what I mean? But the, the Frenchmen, they didn't care. They just Z- keep zero it. Fs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's a book called Aurora, also by Christoph Beck and Stefan, Stefano Raphael, um, which is produced by Soleil. Um, Soleil's worth, if you want, if, if you can. If you can go to a comics, comicsology, bring yourself to do it. Go to Soleil and have a look at their books. Because to me, that's where I kind of live in Bond SNA. It's the adventure sci-fi fantasy kind of area um, with some detective stuff. And the, the real hardcore, beautiful BDI is here. I think Soleil do, do really well on that. And they were the ones who were handing around beer mats. And the cover of the, the main character was on the beer mat from that. That's awesome. Yeah, he's got a bit of a... Um, I don't know. It's almost like an American style to it, but you can tell it's it's it's, it's a, a larger size album. Yeah, I think that's the ones, all the ones I made a note of. Yeah, yeah, I already mentioned the Thorgal, didn't I? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's, uh, so there's, I mean, that's probably what I noticed, you know. The, the the thing is, as well, is if you walk around, there's, there was probably five magazines that you can pick up for free that are um, just sort of adverts and interviews with people. Telerama was one of them. Le Point, um, there's a Spiru magazine, which has got comics in it. Zoo, which is like reviews and s- small amounts of comics in it as well, which is free. And uh, Canal BD, Le Mag. Um, and in it, they have what's hot, what's new, what's coming. And then they'll have like a small section of the comic in there as well. And people just walk around handing them out, you know. There was there was a, mag- there was a manga, I think it was Manga Zoo, it's called as well, which is kind of a manga version of it as well. Okay. Which has ten pages sample of a comic in it, and they you get it for free. In fact, a big chunk of all the stuff I bought back was free. Um, nice. Yeah, because it's just that sort of convention, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. just I I don't know. I love getting free shit at convention. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I said that to Sam. I said I'm just going to walk around the. I've seen a bit. I'm just going to walk around the the right stand because I want to steal stuff. You know, so I got a free pen. Yeah, yeah and uh, this sort of thing. <laughs> Hong Kong comics written on it or something. You know, I got was super excited. The French, the French, God bless them again. They don't suffer fools, you know. But be prepared 
for people to push in queues. You know, the English, we love to queue, don't we? Man. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll just be standing there waiting for everyone to come out of a door so that three or four of you can go in a door and someone will just walk in. You know, there's a lot of that goes on. You got to, you kind of got to bite back a bit of like, for fuck's sake, mate, what are you doing? Yeah. I I find out. I I remember being like at a, a water park in France on a school trip. And like you're queuing up this great big like hill to get to the top of the slide, and like the French kids just running up the side to the top of the hill, and it's like every five year of being is an Englishman's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I kind of when it comes to comics, I kind of like their sort of immense confidence in the fact that their comics are the best. I kind of admire it. It's an it's a national pride in their comics. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Um, Macron didn't turn up. I think he did turn up when we were there the previous year, but the Minister of Culture or something turned up to go and see the Druyer, um exhibition. If you guys haven't seen Philippe Druyer's art, fucking hell. I did the very wise thing of looking at all the hot stuff that was going to be there and ordering books before I left, so that they, the English language version, so they'd be there when I got home. Uh, this is like, yeah, quite whatever. wise, folks, if you're going to fill your suitcase. So I had a couple of Drew Yeh books. I knew I was going to go to the exhibition. I knew everyone would be talking about him. Uh, and I thought, right, I'm going to order a couple in English language. Um, I, was, I got I got a bit like over-enthusiastic about Thorgal on the train. And uh, <laughs> Sam going, yeah, and it's over. Yeah, yeah, on the way home. And Sam was going, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm glad you just spoke to me because you just stopped me ordering 10 volumes of Thorgal for like 85 quid off Amazon, you know, on the way home. Cause I sort of, why didn't I pick up that volume? You know, I was getting that and they're still sat in my, uh, to buy pile in the Amazon app, you know? Oh um, man, I get that fucking all the time. Like you just think, oh, steady yeah. on. It's the hold. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's gone fucking nuts and bought it. I know. Stuff. I know. It's mad, isn't it? But, uh, go and look at Philip Drouillet's art. Um, I read, uh, what did I read of his yesterday? I read the night, um, which I hadn't previously read before. And, um, his draw, his art is you may you know the old eleven times seventeen boards, you know the art boards. Turn it on its side, and then put stack one on top of the other, and that would be one of his smaller pages. Um, so just incredibly detailed, incredibly beautiful. Um, yeah, love it, love it, and just seeing it there. I'm one of these twats who walks around exhibitions taking loads of photographs of them, you know, because uh, oh, I don't want to forget this one. Oh, look at this one, you know. I want to send that to the boys. It's a bit like that. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. Fucking sounds like you'd had an absolutely fucking fantastic time. Um, Plus they drink like the Queen Mother out there as well. Yeah. Is is it not like just what kind of drink with this wine? That's like mostly wine. Yeah, mostly wine and beer. There's um the the black uh the Shen, the something is it can't remember what it's called, the Noir Shen or Shen Noir or something, which is the black cat the black cat bar, which was the one that they all used to go to. But somehow they've turned that into the restaurant now. So all that's happened is all the bars that surround it, everyone just stands in the street freezing, drinking wine and beer outside of those places. <laughs> and it's, it's like you, you go there and you know everyone. You know. Um, awesome. But I, I, had a, I had dinner with Sam one night and, and then he went off to meet some people. I went off to meet some people. And uh, I think even more was drunk, you know. And it's like you still got then that mile walk back to, you know, down the hill back to your hotel, you know, it's like that. Do you, do you sober up by the time you get home? Or... I didn't have much to drink out there, man, yeah. but uh, I can imagine some people doing that cold. Yeah. Man, it must be hard, like, you've got, like, a three-day event and you're kind of, you're on your feet all day and then you're drinking in the evening and yeah. then you're, you're at it again for three days. You'd be like, oh. Yeah, and this is a four-day. I mean, it's four a five-day day if you're a pro because the Wednesday is the pro day. 
So on the right. Wednesday, if you're um, you've got a pro pass or you you've got a table, you can get into all the exhibitions early. Right. So okay. um, I was speaking to a couple of the guys, and they'd been to see the Drew Yang on the Wednesday because they let them in early. And even good. they were saying they was even them it was packed. It's good because obviously you you kind of struggle with uh, if you kind of at, at that show to go and see stuff. So yeah, it's good that's that they've why. got a, a day to, to give you like that. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. It's yeah. like, do you remember when LCAF was going? And what LCAF did is, um, as soon as it, say, for example, the event closed at six, they would have um, put beer on for the, the people who had the tables so that they could go around and shop from the other tables after six, between six and eight or something. I think that's a great idea as well. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we never get to see stuff, do we? And we're stuck at a table talking to people like Punisher. No, yeah, yeah. You never <laughs> get to go around. And... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go, guys. I've got, Man, that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, love it. Rant, but, ranted on there, but you no, did no, not manage, at all. You did manage to get a bit of audio as well, didn't you, Tony? I did. Yeah. So God bless him. One of the funniest people you will meet is Xavier, um, and he runs Crow Funding, which is um, they do a magazine called Traces, where they do this. Um, he has his shop in Lille. He he explains how he came to have this shop in the interview, so I won't ruin it. Um, but uh, he's the one who contacted me. And said, "Do you want to come? Would you be able to come and do the signing?" And I was like, very honoured, and went down and. Um, immediately fell at home and we just we had a real mate meeting of mine me and the guys around there and we just laughed the whole time um and he's very behind the small press indie scene um and he's got this shop that sells that's nearly all that it sells um so i thought i'd do an interview with him um just as a little thank you and also it might be somewhere that people want to be in contact with and want to have a chat with and he's all about he's all about that you know he's a very social animal he, he does thought bubble every year we we met him at thought bubble i don't know if you remember guys he yeah, had sort of a totally. trolley. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And he came around and was telling us all about it. And that, and he met quite a few people then. He's got a lot of English stock in there. The, the one thing he does refer to in this interview that I think is worth mentioning is he talks, he calls them mute comics, but what he, in what I would call them is silent comics. Um, and he says, think about doing that. Think about having a silent comic every so right, often. Yeah. If your style works mm. that way. Because then because, there's no need for translation. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. a good shout, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So some comics suit it, some don't. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, here he is, Xavier. A little interview with him. It's only ten minutes. But have a, have a listen. He's a chuckle. We've got to hear. Okay, I'm here at Angoulême. Yes. With um, Xavier Lancel. Is that a good pronunciation? Yes, yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there is another name. We're keeping it between ourselves. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A secret name. That... <laughs> <laughs> you only know it. <laughs> well, we're fresh off. It's Friday morning. We're fresh off. Um, a big night out. We had a big meal last night, didn't we? About eight of us, I suppose. Uh, the name uh, that was uh, Le Lion Rouge. That's it. Yeah. What a great place. Yes. Really good. Yeah. yeah Amazing yeah. Italian food and uh, a lot of space and so so much fun. Yeah. Quite hilarious, wasn't <laughs> it? Yeah. There was a lot of mucking about. <laughs> Now, this is your... Is it your 14th, Angoulême? Uh, probably. I don't count anymore. Uh, I've been there every year, except uh, since 2009. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is mostly for your um, your book. That your, you bring out a magazine, which is a bit... For us, for English speakers, it's a bit like a sort of tomorrow's magazine called Scarce. Did you want to just mention what that's about? Yes. That's one of the old dead fanzine about uh, US comics, uh, not connected to any news. Uh, we are trying, in fact, to produce... Uh, 
kind of an encyclopedia of comics uh, so we choose one subject per issue uh, we release one issue whenever we can and we have it has been 40 years now which starts in 82 and we are at issue 93 wow. uh, okay. the last issue was on Spider Woman yes we did have a giggle about the Michael Fly show tying up Spider Woman a lot oh, issues yeah. yeah there is a, all the backstory about the Michael Flesher run is really astonishing <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to say we first met at Thought Bubble a couple of years ago when you have started this venture of yours which is a shop did you want to talk about how long is it called Crow crowdfunding is that how you pronounce it yes crowdfunding uh, because uh, in France when a, uh, the cry of the frog is croix so that's kind of a, a silly name but uh, there is a big frog in front of the entrance of the library so everybody remembers the frog so it works yeah. and oh, that's right, okay. uh, a, the first bookshop of its kind only selling creator own and self-distribute self-produced comics zine uh, card games uh, uh, often um, founded on Kickstarter, Ulule, which is a French version of Kickstarter, yeah. uh, those kind of websites. Oh, cool, yeah. So, and it has been going on for one year and two months now and going well. Oh, right. Is it that new? I didn't realize. So when I met you, you were sort of just getting ready for the opening, I'm guessing. Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, I was. it was only 10 days before the opening and I was in a rush because I had not a lot of uh, books so I was, oh God, I have to find amazing books, so I'm going to go to Source Bubble and find creatures. Oh, right, okay, which is why you're right. I remember you had like a, a wheelie suitcase you were dragging yes, around. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it dies <laughs> recently because uh, I moved out and uh, it got crashed. Uh, but yeah, that was an amazing uh, makeup suitcase. Uh, everybody was. <laughs> professional watched, uh, makeup style. Professional yeah, yeah. makeup suitcase, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is really practical. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. From, so you, while you've normally been on Glen with scares, you kind of, this is a whole new project now. So you're you're now sort of branching out, and it's your full-time job. I'm saying yes. The, uh, so scares was on, only and always um, charity job. I mean uh, nobody's paid, um, and uh, crowdfunding. This is my main job. I uh, quit my previous job, so this is my bookshop, my full-time day job, and uh, yes. Yeah telling me about your previous job and you used to work in a hotel and I think there's a comic there my friend but you refuse to write it I, I, need, I need to hear that story yeah, yeah I worked 20 years in the hotel business and got in a pretty big fight against my final uh, boss and I sue him oh, right. uh, and the trial had been going on for 8 years and end 2 years ago and with the money of the trial I was able to open the bookshop wow I didn't realise that oh interesting oh cool won. <laughs> so what's interesting to uh, would be interesting to our listeners is it's not just French language comics you stop, but also English language and anything else. I you know you've got some Dutch comics in, but they're English language. Yes. So I have either uh, the French language, of course, um, English language, because of course with the experience of scarce, I wanted to have a section with English uh, comics, and it works very well. I also have some mute comics. For example, I just came back from Greece, and I. Find some mute Greek comics, so you yeah. can sell it very easily because it's mute. Easy for a foreign rights market. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, in fact, there is a funny story about that because when I met Jolatam in South Bobble, uh, he has a mute comics, and you only have the uh, the back page, which is in English. And he said, "Oh, I have to find a French publisher for that." And I was like, "What? But it's all mute. You're not going to give money to a French publisher to to publish the same thing that you have here." And in fact, it has been one of my big sellers in the shop because even people who don't often they go to the English section and then I say oh it's all in English and they're like oh sorry but I say oh but look you have a Jolatam mute book here so it sells very very well oh nice work yeah, it's yeah. a in the commercial sense everybody should do a mute comics at one point yeah yeah. I think there's a big business in silent comics and we love them because you see them in the rights tent all the time we're thinking this is a given we don't need to get a, a, you know like pay translators you know that's great yeah 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 so how have you found this year so far because we're only Friday morning but you've been here since Wednesday haven't you because it's like a pro day on a Wednesday uh, yes because um, you know that often we French people we love to do strike so <laughs> if you want to be sure to be here it's better to come one day earlier so that if there is a big strike on Thursday you're not going to get uh, yeah we're strike. getting the same man in England yeah, <laughs> yeah you are and yeah. especially here since uh, there is the beginning of the a strike right now in France uh, uh, about retirement age. Oh, okay. So it has been going on. Uh, there was a big one last week, and there's going to be a new one next week. So we are, thank God, just between two yeah. big strikes. All right, it's good for me because I didn't have a clue. We sort of uh, we got off at Paris and we're like, well, I hope it's working. I, you know, I was a little worried because I have to switch train in Paris on Sunday night, and I was like, God, if there is a strike in Paris, it's going to be horrible, but yeah. thank God it's yeah. not going to happen. So did you want to give um, the address of your shop? So it's in Lille, isn't it? It's in Lille. It's I 90 Rue pierre Moise, just outside the train station. And you can't miss it because there, there is a big frog uh, outside uh, looking at you. And uh, and you also can't miss it because uh, there has been some news about the street where my bookshop is. Two buildings just fell two months ago. Uh, uh, oh, you said in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, people you're safe. You're safe. You're safe. Yeah, yeah. I'm safe. But it was just 150 meters from the bookshop. So when you walk, you're like, oh, why, what is this pile of trash? <laughs> no, just two building who fell. <laughs> you feel very secure. <laughs> now, speaking of feeling very secure, you, I just want to talk about some of the books you've got for sale. Now, what was the thing we talked about extensively yesterday? I'm going to say it's chemical sex. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I have, yeah. yeah. So I have. Uh, that's an amazing book uh, by an English creator, uh, London-based, called Ed First, and it's called I and Orny. Uh, two issues have been released so far, um, and it's uh, very graphic. And it's about. I don't think there is any comic book on this subject. Chemical sex. That means people who can't have sex without using drugs uh, in many forms, and often that's because they don't feel secure they are not going to be uh, uh, as productive as they think during the sexual act so they take drugs thinking they are going to get really strong and productive and in fact that's the opposite which happens which is often the case with drugs right okay we hear we've heard (laughs) 
yeah, it was quite a funny day. We, yeah. I have to say, last night it was fucking. Yeah. I was laughing so much. I think we were meant. To, we virtually got thrown out of the restaurant, didn't we? Because we were there too long. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, At yeah. one point, a friend told me, "Oh, we can hear you laughing in the bathroom from the bathroom of the restaurant. We can hear you." <laughs> and what else have you got in the shop that's you know going well, or anything you want to recommend in the shop? Oh, the thing is that uh, that's an amazing experience to see people entering the shop because uh, contrary to all the other bookshops that you, where you enter and you know what you're going to get in this shop people enter and they see only books that are not distributed anywhere so they are kind in a foreign zone and so what, hap- what happens usually I give them a coffee we talk and they say to me oh here is what I like and I say to them okay here is what you should take a look at right okay uh, okay it's yeah. very friendly yeah that's good good stuff man. and you're saying there's quite a scene in Lille as well there's um, a big burgeoning small press scene yeah so I choose Lille because uh, it's very close to to Bruxelles, it's very close to London, and there is uh, many, many ar- local artists uh, because we try also to um, to put artists who are not very far from the city uh, uh, in the shop. Uh, so we have people from uh, London, from Bruxelles, and from Lille, and uh, now they have a place where their product can be sell, sold uh, to people. Yeah. Yeah. Real man, absolute pleasure. We did a very, we did a signing yesterday where we did laugh a, a fucking lot, uh, and um, with Chad came out, Chad Billu, who I'm going to be talking about later in the episode, but uh, he came out with us last night, and he's signing tomorrow, isn't he? So that should yes. go well as well. Which yeah, is the re-up. Yes, yeah. yes, I met him uh, last year, and uh, I do sell uh, his series Chad in Amsterdam, which is an absolute must. Right. And yeah. yeah, he has a new book, the re-up, and uh, so ge- eager to read it. And I read it this morning. Oh, yeah, I really great. liked it. Yeah, really good. And it's, do you know what? When he said to me, I was a book about me, you know, not him, maybe someone else being a drug dealer. I thought, when he first told me that, I thought it could be like a bit, you know, t- telling people about how gangster people are. But he's such a nice guy that it's so relatable that you actually really warm to him. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, you could, he doesn't brag. There's nothing like that. He just says this is what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a nice yeah. story. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was pretty funny last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We were laughing. He's, yeah. he's he was I ate the biggest dessert I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. The desserts were so huge. I mean, I had a macaron, it was like a, a cake. <laughs> what a city block. <laughs> and he had, oh, yes, he, he, he had profiterol who looked like a, a castor. <laughs> Good stuff. So where can we find you? So do you do most of your business on Instagram, I'm going to say? So on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, you only have to type CROA funding, so C-R-O-A funding and you're gonna find it search for the frog nice work mate thanks dude thanks well that was a nice extra wasn't it what a nice dude really nice dude and you can find him um i I highly recommend what he's doing if you go to at croa funding c-r-o-a funding on instagram and if you do go to lil apparently you can recognize it because there's a massive frog in the window of his shop um yeah it's uh yeah yeah good good stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've not uh, heard so that, this interview yet, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, uh, cool. So he's all, um that was one of my first shout-outs. So I guess we're doing the shout-outs now, are we? Yeah, yeah, I do. Cool. Play the shout-out Should I do my next thing? So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. just a reminder that Mr. Adam Falp is a Patreon, yes. and uh, you should be signing up for it. Um, we've also got some Tribute Press T-shirts on the way. Um, 
which I sent you the picture of. Do you remember? Oh, shit. Have I missed that? It's just evidence of Adam trolling me constantly. <laughs> Excellent. Which is just hilarious. Um, he says, I've made this into a T-shirt. He sort of presented it to me. Which <laughs> um, my, 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 my final one is tickets for Lawless are now available. Um, Lawless is the 27th and 28th of May at the Doubletree by Hilton in Bristol, the venue of the old UCAC. Um, sorry, uh, Bristol Expo. Um, and you can go. They're raising money this year for Samaritans, so you can go and help out with that. At it will be Dave Gibbons, uh, John Wagner, Glenn Fabry, Lou Stringer. Oh, I didn't know Lou did conventions. Um, Mick McMahon, Rob Williams, Andy Diggle, and many, many more of that. So go and get a ticket for that one. And you'll probably see some of us at that one. And I think you'll probably go that for you, won't you? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, we're still it down the road yeah, from you, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. They're my shouts, guys. Down to the road. I've got two Kickstarters. Uh, both uh, former guests of the show and and friends of the show. <laughs> Always got to say that uh, it's Bullet Bullet Adventures two and three Speedy Superhero. Oh, I got back that one. I got the email this week. Yeah, yeah. Continuing the adventures of the second and third issues, fast paced action, family dynamics equal modern approach to classic superheroes. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Just but as it says in the ten classic superheroes, uh, we've got the Gentleman Ghouls, the Apocalypse trilogy uh, by Alfie Gallagher. Oh, Only nice. a bump collection of the Gentleman Ghouls, the acclaimed comic saga originally serialized digitally in Aces Weekly, never seen before in print, and possibly never again. Monsters of Rock, <laughs> Monsters of Hell, and Half a Chance to Save the World. Uh, go hit that now. That is brutalized its target, so that's going to make it. And uh, the Bullet Adventures, that's just shy of its target, so that could do a little bit of love and attention. Okay. Oh, nice one. I'll give a shout to Aces Weekly. I'm I'm on the Aces Weekly bandwagon. Oh, there you go. I'll probably report on it in a couple of weeks, but I'm really enjoying it. I think it's just really reminds me of all different comics you can read. I usually save it up for a few weeks and I go in and read a volume at a time. But some really good stuff on there. Yeah, well worth look. And it seems seemingly is a bit ignored. It's not really talked about enough. But there's some UK, US, European. There's some really great creators on there that we're just not talking about much at the moment. Is, that, it because, needs it. is that because it's been going for so long? Maybe I think, yeah. yeah so, you know, sometimes when you you're not the new hot thing, then you, I you, think you're right, man. Yeah, yeah. But it changes. It's like digital 2018 in a way, without that sort of Horace sci-fi centric stuff on it. Although it does have that aspect yeah. to it as well, occasionally. But it's just all. It's like a, an anthology that comes out, and it's great. I really enjoy it. Yeah, very accessible on the website as well. Really easy to read. Awesome. Okay. Nice. Speaking of. Hot access. <laughs> Actually, that sounds a bit weird when it when I said it out loud. Um, it's time to um, tell you what comics you should be accessing and then reading. Eh? Very good. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that works. No, it doesn't work at all. But I really appreciate you uh, supporting. <laughs> you got We're going with it. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Speaking of backdoor booty, here we go. What? There we go. <laughs> Have you? Um, <laughs> I don't know why this question just came to my head. Have you ever found like a decent stash of comics at a car boot sale? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Not often though. It depends. Be a, there's a big one near me, and I occasionally go there and find stuff. Yeah, but very rarely do I find anything decent. I've found more in recent. It used to be like when I was younger, you could find a fair few, but nowadays not so much. If you haven't been in a boot sale for a fucking couple of years now because of uh, COVID. It's, uh, a tri- yeah. it's, a, it's a tricky one. They're, they're sort of like, also like the, the charity shop finds, which are great sometimes, but some charity shops are wise. Pretty pricey, the aren't they? They're yeah. wise to the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Were you saying a uh, friend of the show, Tom Curry? Uh, oh, yeah, he's head. got a little, yeah. little one. He yeah. pictures he, from me. 
they had a copy of uh, Skin. Yeah, yeah. I told him he should go and get it. I it's wanted him to get it. Actually, to ask him. We talked about that mm. on a show when we had Brendan on. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I consider Skin to be one of the greatest comics. Literally, it's up there with the likes of um, Dark Knight, Watchmen, Long Behind oh, Us, you know, all that sort yeah. of thing. It, yeah. it, it's definitely held it, it, on that level for me too. It's yeah, that's amazing. One of, the, one of the big British greats that kind of seems to have flown under the radar for some. Yeah, and why isn't Milligan writing? you know regular comics you know he seems to sort of jump about between companies and he's he's one of the best writers out there right yeah, yeah. no no love. rant over hmm. no love from, from rant speaking, well, of the, speaking of the best comics ever yes yeah, well, can of... I, I can do a bit of my ranting so we can get all the rant out of the way and then move get, on get to it, I guess. yeah let's have it let's have it, let's have it I've, i was the same for these guys for a gun I, I like had 10 comics I didn't have 10 comics that you might to read, but I'm like, right, I've backed all these comics on Kickstarter or I've bought them on social media with people saying in various comics groups, I've got this comic for sale. And I said, like, okay, let's get a copy of this. And uh, <clears throat> looking through them, like all of them, fantastic artwork, the presentation, the the like production values of it, lovely. Like most of it on, like, on par with uh, one of the big two professional pretty well done yeah and then we start reading them and the writing is fucking awful just <laughs> awful like it just doesn't the, the first if you you're giving this to an editor or someone with a bit of uh something knows a little bit straight away, be like well here's a problem straight away here and majority of them they all start the same stuff just starts happening and it's like where am i what are these people where, what's going on i, I don't yeah there's no frame of reference here. There's no setup. You need a bit of something to bring you into it. And it's different because these kind of comics I'm reading are very kind of like action-based or superhero-based. If it was a more kind of like uh, surreal comic, obviously that's not relevant. But there's one with the artwork. I really enjoyed it. I don't want to kind of say names. And it was like set on a boat blasting through the sea. And there's these people on board they're torturing, trying to get information out of. And it's like, who are these people? What are they doing? Is this in the future? Everyone's a cyborg. I don't... I don't understand. <laughs> a cyborg. Yeah, they all they all got <laughs> cyborg bits, and they're talking about someone they're trying to get information about, and for what reason? Why? I, <laughs> I mean, we we we've, we've had a conversation previously about this, and I think artists can have to put their hours in, don't they, to be yes. someone who yeah. can represent art and sequential art, and you name it. You know, they really have to put their time in. Yeah, you know, to do the work. Yet seemingly there's a lot of writers out there who I think I make you write on this, Dan, because you said this earlier to me, is who've seen a Marvel movie, read a couple of comics, and think they can write a comic. And it's not that simple. No. And we see this so much with yeah. I'm seeing it a lot. I think I ranted a little bit about it last week. Is you know, we're just getting people who think who just decide they can write a comic. And yeah. they, they don't know what's going on. Like you say, no. you you've you've got to be invested in the character before you watch them doing this, things. The yeah. basics of the structure are not yeah. there. I mean, yeah. you can have a great story, but it's this, the, the the basic structure of how you set this up, introducing the characters, introducing the, the setting and the timeline and what's going on. Because just jumping in, the st- it's that thing again, you've got the story in your head and it may be the fucking the next best thing since Watchmen. But unless you can translate that into like a script that people can get on board with. Uh, but it, this also sticks way to another subject I want to uh, uh, go to. Like if a writer's got like, He's, he's looking for to make his comic book. He's got a 21 page comic book and he's, he's going to charge, he's going to pay 500 pounds a page, which is fucking great money nowadays. I think for a comic, depending yeah. on your, your level. But then you look at the comic, the script and it's fucking terrible. 
awful. Would you think that's incumbent on you to think, like, well, okay, it's a payday, but if I attach myself to this project, uh, um, yeah, that's the, the gamble, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad. A lot of time you'll be in, you'll be engaged in the project sometimes before you've seen a lot of the writing. Yeah, I've seen some of it, but you might not have seen any of it. I mean, sometimes. I've totally been done by that myself. Like I've kind of got involved in something, and then stuff started coming in. You think, fucking hell, this is like. Yeah. I, I think, I think sometimes it can it can work for an artist because, um, depending on the project and, and the, how well it goes, it's an example of them being able to the, do the do the job for hire. Fair play, I mean? yeah. I, I yeah. met the deadlines. the The book came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you get a proper reviewer who says that the art's great but the story's not right, hmm. then yeah. you're okay. But if you get a shitty review who just says everything's brilliant and it's not or everything's shit and it's not, then it doesn't yeah, do you. Because yeah, yeah, like, yeah. this is also one of my main problems with, not problems with AI art, but people that send, well, now I'll be able to make my own comic, I won't need the artist. It's like, mate, if we're getting this fucking stuff when you're paying for the artist, <laughs> yeah, I dread uh, to think the fucking Are going to program it to, yeah. To oh, the director's yeah, going to yeah, come yeah. out when there's no kind of filter. You can write, these kind of writers can make whatever comic they want. Mate, you're going to get flooded with just the worst shit ever. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's always been the way about small press and we talk about the better stuff but there's a lot of shit out there let's not let's face mm. it yeah there is an awful lot of crap out there i mean um I, I, when you come across a, a gem though well. yeah yeah you know but any, it's like everything like everything yeah yeah yes. any anyone in this world can make a comic but not everyone can make a comic yeah make Amazing. a good comic yeah, or make yeah. a readable comic i think yeah yeah, yeah. um but you know if your passion's there and you're and you're doing it, then good on you. Because yeah, because you might be writing you're... the best fucking comic ever. <laughs> yeah. But... yeah, yeah. If you if you make yeah. it, if you've made a comic and it's actually out there, well done. You've done better than yeah. A lot yeah you've done, you shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't stop making a comic because you've heard us do this. But what you should do is examine what you're doing when you're writing a comic. Yeah, mm. you know, it don't 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 think oh they they think we're going to be shit because I don't you know but no but just look at what you're doing is it working yeah. you know try thumbnailing it if you're writing it if you're not an artist and see if it works between panels that's stuff I've done with artists before I mean you know, bounce it off like someone who's got a bit of, an experienced artist yeah exactly. yeah, so, yeah is this is this working I mean I've had, I've got three superhero comics that I've backed in the past couple of weeks that come in and all of them start with people getting attacked in alleys <laughs> and it's just like. Man, this fucking trope has been done to death. And you think, well, Dan, why if they're doing something really kind of clever on that? They're not. It's just a straight up someone getting attacked in an alley by some gang thugs, and the superhero like appears with a moon behind them, and then suddenly they're. I they're I think I think in, until here's here's my pitch to you both, um, stemming from this statement I'm about to say right now. I think superhero comics or superhero storytelling is in a, is has a problem right now and it's in a real kind of bad way in a in a in for yeah. the most point i'm not reading a lot of superhero comics so i could be talking about my else no i am man i make you right i think the um, real originality and the really story good storytelling is coming in other, other genres um, and i yeah. i think um with you lovely listeners as well you know um the, the good the bad and the ugly well we should do just uh and analysis makes it sound too scientific, but you know, a, a, a sort of a look at the superhero genre, not necessarily pointing out, well, this Batman's shit, or oh, this is a poor man's Batman, you know, none of that, mm. but to actually sort of look at it and go, okay, what works, what doesn't work, why is, I mean, because those things you talk about, Dan, you know, oh, it's the, it's the 
beat down in an alley. Not good now. It was brilliant at a time. Yeah. And it had its place. But mm. um but like I say, it doesn't work now. It just yeah. do- it doesn't. It doesn't. I know and I know sometimes we loved that scene. We 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 can all pick a scene like, oh I love it when, you know, that ha- the Punisher did that or Batman did that or something like that, you know, that particular scene. We've all got a we've got fond memories of probably the exact scene that Dan's talking about. That doesn't necessarily mean that we should you create a twist g- twist it in some way. Yeah. Make it yeah. a bit different. Like, Don't apply yourself to a cliche. Because that's yeah. what people are doing these days. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's the con the, the thing of fucking trying to like, I'm gonna write the next Batman and like Call it dark cape man yeah. or something, and it's like <laughs> dark cape man <laughs> fan art. Come on, listeners. <laughs> we don't. You don't we need... need another Batman. Like you, you will not be able to do better Batman better than that. What? Well, maybe you, you will. But the like, thousand people who've written yeah. in the past. If you, you know, think, oh Frank man, Miller fucking or Frank Miller, Danny, Danny O'Neill, yeah. talking yeah. about. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to show you what Batman's like. Yeah. So yeah. You're dreaming. And, and especially oh. the, the first person narration of like, oh, I'm so dark. Yeah. The, the night is my friend. So, it's yeah. like, oh, get fucked. <laughs> but there is in that CBR CBR article we won't talk about, but like the dilution of having like a million Spider Mans and mm-hmm. a million this character, a million that character. It just honestly for me, it just absolutely dilutes it. I just the, yeah. the more variations you have of a character, you know, like mul- the multiverse can go blow yeah. itself. They start yeah, talking yeah. about all the different character Americas. Like, man, this is fucking crap. This is just not. That, uh, when look, if you put put it like this, when someone like Led Zeppelin came out. There was loads of bands that came out like Led Zeppelin, but there's only mm. one Led Zeppelin. Yeah, do you know what I mean? There's a, and yeah. it's it's the same for a lot of these characters. So, so I think maybe sometimes it's fun to just look at a, the superhero genre as well, because that's where the three of us—that's where we come from. That's that's the yeah. that's the yeah. bath water we sit in for the, for most of it. Yeah. I drink um, that bath water, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, and he's been in the bath for quite some Pitting time. It, so drinking I don't, it. I don't wear my bath though. Yeah. Those yeah. rumors aren't true. But, but they are out. Yeah, there. You get um, out and we into it, but you don't. Yeah, yeah. savage. I mean, I like the noise. It, it's the cheap way to heat it up. Um, <laughs> the only like it only stays warm for a few minutes, doesn't yeah. it? When you do that, well, I tell you what, Tony, I don't like the smell of your new Redox. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my protracted. What no, I sugar got, yeah. yeah, my protracted. <laughs> why I haven't got a recommend this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's sometimes, but well, he's doing the whole. I, I tried. You, you fucking tried. Well, what the thing is, yeah. thing is, this is a recommendation section of the show. You know, this isn't. <laughs> This isn't a review section. We're not, you know, Dan probably could have uh, let fly with the guns on, on, pardon the pun, on on, on a couple of times. But we're not those people. We don't. We no. want to recommend stuff that you should check out, not stuff that didn't. Jo- doing the hard work for you readers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad doing. as well. Some fucking good dudes really worked his ass off to make a comic book. It, I don't feel it's right to name name them, shat yeah. on them. Yeah, yeah. Mm. If it's for a big company, whatever, fine. But like, yeah. Um. Yes. So I go first. I've got two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'll um. I've got a a little bit of jam to go in between those two pieces of bread. Sliced. Yeah. Um. So my first one is the reup issues one and two. It's written by Chad Billion. Uh. Art by Juliet Dewitt. Um. It's um. Chad is now a buddy of mine. I've decided we both got on. We both fucking laughed so much whilst um over dinner. The uh, oh, at good, one point good, we, good good you you've met then. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've decided we are friends. Uh, we're going to be friends, and I'm going to stalk him. That's a sociopath's yeah. way of thinking. I'm in his, I'm in his garden now. <laughs> the um, yeah, we, literally, we laughed so much. At one point, Chad had to say, "You got everyone's got to stop." I can't, I can't 
he was just like it was hurting. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. We had such a laugh. Mm. Um, so he signed on the Saturday at the crowdfunding. Unfortunately, I wasn't there for that because I'd come back already. But he was definitely part of the, the Thursday night crew. It is possibly based around him. <laughs> I think he's fairly <laughs> open about it. Um, and it covers um, uh, the covers are really good. Actually, I showed you the covers tonight um, before we came up. So they're a kind of use the old Nokia green phone screen. Are you guys old enough to old enough to have had that? Oh sort of yeah, Nokia? totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uses that as the central piece in two very clever ways. First issue is it sort of overlays over the top of a table that has on the table drugs and the paraphernalia you would need to sell them. Um, so little baggies, rolled up money, um, uh, you know, a digital scale, stuff like that. And the second one is kind of the sign above a motel. So as you drive into a sort of you know american motel and it's got you know sp- you know spaces here rooms for, for rent available you know it's in it's he's he's put the um or the artist has put the screen and in it in the digital the old type that we used to have to do you remember you used to have to press some of the buttons three times didn't you, you remember to get to the h or something yeah um he's got that he's got that on the screen and the numbers of the issues are donated by the time so the first issue is the time on the top right-hand corner of the Nokia screen is 0101, and the second issue is 0102, so volume one zero, issue two, so I think so. It's quite clever, and the names of the creators are in the bottom right-hand corners of that. Um, it's pretty good. It, um, it um, opens with the central character being offered um, a gig selling cannabis in the area of Georgetown University. Um, back when, because uh, anyone who's recently been to Canada and the States weed is now legal is is now like starbucks it's now a big business it now everywhere seemingly smells in certain not every state but certain states it, it just smells everywhere uh, and this book is told these two comics are told in the form of narration which is a format i like um and he had this double life going so during the day um, the central character worked in the av department of the university you know sorting out the video screens and stuff like that and else uh, else times other times in the evenings he pursued his illegal ventures um, in selling drugs. And this tells the story of um, Chad as he slowly becomes more and more involved in in the sale of cannabis. Um, and the amounts and the sizes and the weights begin to rise. Um, it's It plays on all the things that you, you sort of think happens. So we get um, talk about weights, talk about the criminal business, talk about codes they use, talk about how they go about using phones, um, how they use little catchphrases and um and it also talks about what to do when you get arrested. So he kind of in one of the issues he goes to a motel and 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 the and the, his business is is on the rise and he's taking on more and more customers, more and more weight. And the guy says, This is what you do if you get arrested. Do this on the phone. And it's kind of an instruction. And it has that auto autobio bio element to it. Um but the when I tell you that story, you might think Oh, this is a story about a guy, and he's a he's a gangster, and he's you know like a true crime book these days. We always seem to be talking about how brilliant they are, and you know, and stuff like that. But it's not like that. Chad displays the central characters being very likable. So there's stuff that really sticks out for me is there's a bit where he's they've had this prolonged wait in a motel room for the big consignment to arrive, um, and it's just arrived, and he's he's in in amongst a load of all these people, and they're sort of they're all. They, the acts call it busting their balls don't they they're busting each other's balls and mm. you know they're talking and you know and it, there's a sort of there's a fairly there's a bit of an atmosphere in the hotel room and his mum rings <laughs> so he looks at his phone <laughs> and it says mum on it and he think and he, he doesn't say this but you clearly think he can't answer the phone to his mum in that room can he let's face it you know <laughs> think of your credibility so he puts the phone back in his pocket and it's stuff like that that really endears me to the book and the narration and the style of telling 
it's um he's just a normal guy who he doesn't also he doesn't make any excuses for it. He doesn't say, you know, oh, I was so poor as a kid, you know, I was forced into the life of a drug dealer, or you know, they you know, they had my family hostage or something, or whatever, you know. He just says, Look, I did it to earn some money. You know, and let's face it, in a country that now sells this legally, you know, and is like if you for example, if you walk through Toronto, there's more weed shops than there are Starbucks now. You know, you'd easily you could easier buy um edibles than you could a cup of coffee in toronto at the moment um and so it's now big business it's capitalism taken over and he just talks about it that way the art is very straightforward um and i don't who um who's the um avery hall artist we like um catriona chapman i'd compare it to something like catriona's okay. work actually wow. um and the artist is um juliet dewitt and she uh she, i think chad was telling me she's her normal job is illustrating kids books um, which is quite interesting. Um, but everyone is, so what she does, and um, what I think, I, I, I guess this is written and agreed as part of the collaboration is people who are in it, who are not the main character and not a sort of innocent party, have a little black line over their faces as if to say this person cannot be identified. Uh, and, and and it gives it a really interesting little touch there. I like that. I like that. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And um, it's two colors. So it's black and white and, Guess what the other colour they use? Green. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, they use green. Yeah. I'm not sure what the slang is in America or Amsterdam, which is where Chad lives, but the green is very much yeah. a slang term here, isn't it? Um, everyone is consistent. Everyone is delineated. Here. You can tell who everyone is. Um, yeah, really good. There's also a nostalgic element to us, you know, to us all who were, not that any of us take drugs, don't do drugs, drugs are for mugs, but, you know, there's obviously this, uh, <laughs> there's obviously this nostalgic, um, element to it, to the, that was what it was like, you know, back then. And when people did, you know, had to buy cannabis, you know, secretively or was someone. It, was, what, is it just, um, like the cannabis he's doing or like, cause there's different levels, isn't there really? Yeah. I'm not sure what's coming. I can't say what okay. he said to me, in the, but they're, okay. they're, it may change. Um, I can't remember how many issues it gives, but this is a series. Cool. Um, the, the, the letters or the, he's got like a, he does it in the first issue. He does like a sort of commentary on the back page and it's called the voicemail and stuff like that. And, uh, there's a little ID of the, the in the back of it, you know, you know, Chad Billiou, born 1975. You know, it's almost like a bit like would be a criminal record, maybe, yeah. sort of I thing. I love the, like, the little touches, though. Like, like you showed us the, the covers of um, before we started. Yeah. Like the, the issue one and the issue two with, like, the, the mobile phone screen. Detail. It's great, man, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've obviously taken real care in um, mm. presenting it as something. I think it's come as part of a some kind of Dutch grant or something, I think. Chad lives. Um, Chad lives in Amsterdam now. I know um, Xavier. You just heard Xavier mention it, but um, previous we've actually met Chad. Chad was at Thought Bubble, the one before last, and we met him. And he handed me Chad in Amsterdam, which I reviewed. I remember. Over, yes, you remember. Right, now? Okay. As you as you yeah. were saying this, I was thinking. Yeah, I remember. I remember now. That rings a bell. I didn't yeah. get a chance to t- talk to him properly, but it was definitely. Um, it was a book that I kept that weekend. My eyes kept being sort of drawn to his Yeah, some stuff. beautiful covers on it, man. Like yeah. really good. Um he he quotes his references as Lahane, Akira, Taxi Driver, City of God, the Big Lebowski, um, and she Juliet quotes hers as La Piscine, the Blues Brothers, The Godfather, The Exorcist, and Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace is that UK film, isn't it, about weed dealing? Do you remember that from years ago? Do you remember that one? Oh, no. Billy Connolly's in it, I think. Oh, okay. Um 
Yeah, so go and get it. Chad is fucking spot on, dude. Funny, like good, great company. We had a chuckle. Um, you can go to got Chad to a, in. Am- got to be a future guest, surely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, go to chadinamsterdam.nl. You can find his stuff there. Um, so go and buy that, and you can follow, or you can go to Juliet's site, Juliet J U L I. Sorry, J U L I E T E D E W I T Juliet Dewitt dot N L. So they're both Dutch sites. But um if you're in France, crowdfunding have it. I think um he's also there's a, a lot of US shops have got his comics as well because he because he's from the US, he goes out there and I think he sort of drives around and distributes it to various shops who take it on board. I suggested he contact um Third Bear Press actually, because I think that would be great for him and um great for the Third Bear Press as well to get some. That's a good shout. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. So that's my first one. The re-up issues one and two. I think third's coming soon. There you go. First one. Nice, nice. one. Speaking of uh, the rule of thirds, um, I read <laughs> an issue three of a title we discussed last yes. week. Hey. Um, yeah, I got, I mean, I furiously got caught up on Plush from Image Comics and uh, 12-Gauge Comics. Um Right, uh, Doug Wagner, artist Daniel Hilliard, colorist Rico Renzi, letterer Ed Dukeshire, editor Kevin Gardner, designer Erica Schnatz. I said that right. <laughs> um, it's got some mm-hmm. lovely, lovely variant covers in the back as well. Um, basically, that it's a, it's a crazy over the. If you haven't heard us talk about this book before, Tony's mentioned um, two of the issues last week's episode. <laughs> Whereas with the wonderful Doug Wagner, and we discussed more about the story and what goes on in that man's mind to create things like this. But it is essentially um, a serial killer, action, thriller, horror, comedy, epic that's uh, <laughs> u- uber violent, uber twisted. Oh, and uh, it's about a bunch of cannibal furries. I haven't got to issue three yet, so I'm interested to hear this. I'll probably read it tomorrow, actually. <laughs> yeah. Now, we've been saying um, all the way through, it is cranking up, up, and up. Uh, issue three um, is kind of like a slowdown in pace, somewhat. Okay. okay. Yeah, he sort of hinted at that, didn't he, when yeah. he was on? Yeah. yeah. It's a slowdown in pace, but everything's so intense anyway. Um, just the whole scenario is quite intense. As uh, as Devin, the main character, um, is basically dragged along with this group of <laughs> these serial killers in furry costumes. Um, yeah, so issue two ended in a police station on this night of carnage, and I it, this is not for the faint of heart. This book, uh. Doug and and Daniel just do amazing creative stuff in terms of the creativity with the over the top. I mean, this is this is popcorn, pizza, beers. This is that kind of movie night, you know, just fucking neon horror comedy violence, that kind of thing. But dark subject matter at the same time. Um, there is a fire extinguisher which still looms large <laughs> in the book. Yeah. Um, there is wonderful dialogue it just it just continues more like i say this one's a bit more of the character piece um and the aftermath of what's happening you see that the main sheriff again he comes back into it um because the main sheriff left the police department to i think he was i've forgotten who he was, he was looking for now uh, and then the 
the titular furries turned up and just wrecked Carnage in, in a sort of like you know like the Terminator in Terminator One when he turns up the police <laughs> yeah, station. Right. It's yeah. that it's that sort of thing. Um and he he gets back to the scene of the crime and very much the hunt is on. You know. Um but the killers themselves know that's gonna happen and it's very interesting because you see a bit more the there is a character that hasn't said much so far not Keebler Keebler's the one that did a brilliant basic instinct moment in <laughs> in issue two. Oh, i know yeah yeah yep. yeah Keebler is the silent uh one although you do see them in the background without their costume on Oh, I'll be interested oh, okay. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not spoiling it, because, but, but there's a wonderful bit of dialogue that just kind of explains that scenario without going into it. It's like just a just a small paragraph, like you know, a couple of lines to just, yeah, this person's like this. That's it. You don't need to say any more. Yes. Um, yeah, I have my suspicions about that. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Um, but the, the meat cute that a lot of the story <laughs> is based upon is sort of embellished a little more and um the character that that is the sort of kitty cat dragon one she she steps more to the to the front in this one and you go to where these people where the cannibals live in their house which is fascinating okay. there is a there is a sort of disturbing one of the disturbing things about it you, of course you go to their house and it's not it's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre there isn't like it's nothing like that, but it's still the, in, in the artwork. You can tell it. It's it's a pretty messed up place. I mean, for instance, the the kitchens and a mess. Um, but one of the interesting things about this series, one of the things that I think is the darkest part for me, is the main character's just acceptance of it all, and he's with he's with them now, not to the point of like he's one of them. Mm. But he's just going along with it through the okay. whole whole of this issue. He has another person's blood all over his face. He hasn't cleaned it. He hasn't done any, anything. Um, as they're all leaving the police station at the very beginning, here's a minor spoiler. As they're all leaving the police station at, at the very beginning, the rest of the gang sort of leave first, and the main character there's there's a character sort of tied to the chair with he's got duct tape on it on his mouth. And the main character just sort of says, oh, sorry about this. And then he takes a donut and leaves with it. He goes, oh, great, donuts. And it's such a casual way. Do you know what I mean? It, although it's quite, it has that sort of amusing, oh, donuts. And he, mm. he picks one up and leaves with it and eats with it. But if you put it in the context of everything that's happened, that's one of the most fucked up things. Do you, do you think we're going beyond the whole sort of Stockholm Syndrome thing, which it's sort of hinting out there, and going, oh, there's a movie called Man Bites Dog. Have you ever seen it? I think it's like <laughs> yes, Dutch. Yes, yes, yeah. and, yes, yes, and they yes. end up fucking, the, the film crew end up getting involved in the murders as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Country, don't yeah. I wonder if it's going to be a bit like that. That's why I wondered, with, is this where this is going to go? He's kind of like, yeah. going to get ingratiated with the group and... Get, get a bit over-enthusiastic and do a bit of murdering himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that will be the, I think it will build to a certain point where there'll be a choice to be made. It's interesting the fact that um, the guys have created the the likeable characters in this are the despicable characters. Um, like us. 
Because yeah, <laughs> be- because all of the people that you would consider to be normal are pretty horrible. Yeah, there, there's been evidence of it in issues uh, one and two. Um, so they're, they're clearly siding you with the sort of character, the darker characters, which should prove very interesting. When should there be a you have to make a choice? You know, mm. do you do the evil? Or do you do you not? Do you know what I mean? Because as a mm. reader, it's like we're following the e- the evil people. We are following the the bad the bad guys, but in the context of the story, we're liking the bad guys. We're we're with them. So when like a truly important question, because there's, and I would say there's probably only one innocent that is been in the story. And Tony, I mean, guys, you both you both read this. The person mm-hmm. that his his friend. At the very beginning of the comic, who gets him to go to the party with him? Who gets him to go to the party? You haven't seen them since, and I won't be be surprised if that person comes back into it, involving the moral choice. I could be completely wrong. Right? Okay, you got to kill him, and then you be part gang on it. But but they seem to be the only decent person in it because they were just sort of (laughs) like, you know, they're just the supportive friend, aren't they? Um, I think this is his best series so far. I'll be honest with you. Okay. I don't, not that I did dislike the previous two, but I think I'm enjoying this the most of the three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's good that it's, I mean, I was a huge fan of, I mean, vinyl. Jewelry plastic was, just, was your favourite one, wasn't it? I think, uh, vinyl, was my, uh, vinyl was my favourite. Right, right, okay. Okay. Plastic, right. plastic one was just uh, the, pardon the pun, the 12-gauge blast out of nowhere that I was like, fucking hell, this is brilliant. Vinyl was the one that is, was the, oh, for the second film, they got a bit more budget and they're using it. Do you know what I mean? They, yeah. They've done yeah, really it well. Yeah. Um, and this one seems to be more of the character, a little bit more of a character study in, in a, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's part. Doug's not a furry, he told us so. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just to be no. clear. Just sort of <laughs> clear no, no. Only for research purposes. Yeah. 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 He, I mean, we thought he was normal. Well, compared to us. Yeah, compared to, compared, to, yeah, compared to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The only thing <laughs> about this issue that sort of caught me like a oh is it ends quite suddenly okay, okay. N- normally that the um these books have a nice sort of like the final panel sort of like oh shit you know you know the last panel of the entire book is the one that's like oh let's have the next one um because i read it in a sort of a panel mode it was such a a normal moment for what a better term that when it okay. came to the to be continued, I was like, "Oh, it just caught me off." Um, I think when it's a collection, it'll just mean it'll flow quite well. But um, and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing your opinion on that last page. There is a kind of a yeah. I'll read it here. tomorrow now. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's still still absolutely brilliant series. Um, you know, get in from issue one uh, and catch up because it is just a lovely bit of serial killer fun. <laughs> It's, it's. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? That the, some of the most fun we're having from comics is like some of the most darkest and most twisted. Oh, mate, my my next one's fucked up. Too now. <laughs> Looking forward uh, to it. Yeah. So yeah, plush. Go uh, get that and and support the creators. And Tony, what's this one then? Last one is um, the Rust Kingdom by Spugner, um, who's a Italian artist hailing from Milan, um, aka Tommaso Di Spigna. Um, it's, it's a mere 19 euros. Um, editor is Michael Nitri, published in English by Fast Edit. Um, sold um, on Glam on the Mansion Press table, Mansion Press being a company I've mentioned loads of times on here. Um, 
Interestingly, it's the English language version, but I don't know if you know this about for, about French books. Their spines are reversed. Do you know this? No, I didn't know this. Yeah, so that you know if the way that writing is on a, an English language book, spine there it's upside down. If it's right, a French okay, book. it's not upside down, but it's in their own way. Um, right, okay. So I just found that strange. I only just looked at that. I just realised that. So the story is: I read you from the the blurb on the inside cover. In a wild land inhabited by worms and deformed barbarians, a swordsman with no name rises with no name rises from a hole in the ground. Determined to reach his destination, he will smash everything he finds on his path. Everything. This is a story of flesh, blood, dust, blades, and rust. Now that doesn't do a credit on how fucking weird it is. Um <laughs> it's action packed, it's colourful, it's not wordy at all. Um and it is most definitely not for people with a weak stomach. Um, really strong cover, actually. Um, we were obviously, I spent the last few days with Sam, like talking about presentation and packaging and stuff like that. And he picked this one out as being probably one of the strongest covers of the stuff I showed him. Um, it's a weird one. It's a fantasy comic with very violent, but very darkly humorous moments in it. Um, it's um, It roams in colour. It's between sort of very fleshy, horrible moments, lots of bright red blood, and also it plays off against the dirt and stone of the environment that it's set in. Um, it's very fresh. I have to say, I found it extremely fresh to, to read. Um, he, the, everyone, well, there's a vague humanoid quality to a lot of the a lot of the characters in it, and there's there's a sort of some of them are displayed as worms. Um, most of them have. <laughs> distressing almost vomit inducing bodily mutation disease um over every inch of the page a lot of them being full bleed um there's a lot of single panel pages um there's no more than three panels in most of the pages um the the designs in it are kind of a a mixture of certain things there's a i tried to write down where i thought it was coming from it's heart clive barker heart ren and stimpy heart heavy metal and even at some points, part of the Moomins. Um, so the, the main character, whilst he's this sort of weird, round, sordid character, uh, and I say, I say sordid in both ways, with a sword and also pretty grotty, um, he also has a Snufkin-style hat on, if that makes sense. So there's that sort of weird fantasy element to it. But it's done with a real confident line. You know, if I said Ren and Stimpy, everyone thinks it's got this shaky line. It doesn't have a strong line, you know. This could be like the triple X version of the Hilda universe to me. It's got that about it. Um, Very strong visuals. Um, A a genuine total wow factor on every page. Um, It's a soft cover. Um, You know, like the soft covers we brought, like in Waves or something like that. It's very similar to to that sort of quality, but quite light paper stock. um, So it's quite an easy, light read. Um, The, it doesn't, it's very matte, non-gloss paper stock. Which we don't really mention the paper ever do, and I just was struck by reading it this morning. Um, how it's lovely to read a page that you don't have to angle away from a lamp or something, where you see you can't see what's fucking going on. I think Marvel <laughs> could take a, yeah. he'd still take a page out of that. Um, it's it's just so violent. It's like a nightmare um, in reading, but it, at the same time, it's utterly fresh. Um, there is a hero in it of a kind. Um, and he evolves as he goes across this just horrible, worm-infested, like mutant-infested landscape. Um, 
and he evolves and, and he, he as he ingests different things, different things happen to him. There's a couple of creatures a bit like that. And it becomes more and more deadly. Um there's it ends it's it's basically sort of a journey of this character across fighting different characters and trying to survive and growing in, you know, and there's this sort of rain of swords and you know, rain as it raining, rain of swords sort of thing going on. And he fights his way up to this castle and fights this massive creature. Um, but there is a I'm, all I'm going to say I won't spoil the end. There's a Conan nod right at the end, right? Okay, um, yeah. Which if you've seen the first Conan movie or you know the evolution of Conan, you know what will happen to him maybe in the end. Um, it's an experience. I I think I put it on in one chat group and someone just said, "Fuck me, that's twisted." Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, there's a certain there's a certain area of our listeners who I think will dig in. A certain area of our listeners who will just continue to consider me as a weird person for recommending it um but if you go to um there's a, there's, a, there's a number of places you can go and have a look at the art if you go to instagram um you can see a, a good example of a lot of this art at spugna s-p-u-g-n-a spugna comics on instagram um you can go to the publisher which is hollow press.net um there's also a um, hardback version of it as well uh, you can go to um the creators he's got a tumblr which is uh Tom T M M A S O D I S P I G N A Thomasa Despigna on Tumblr. Um, the there's a sequel to it called Tales from the Rust Kingdom. Um, on the table, the Mansion Press table, they had I think about four books by him. I just chose this one just fairly randomly on the fact that I really like the cover. It's got that sort of embossed logo thing on it as well. Um, so go and do that. Something fresh. Um, uh, buy buy anything by Hollow Press, anything by Mansion Mansion House Press. There's some really good stuff going on, and I'm now instantly a fan of, of Spugner and his weirdness. But uh, yes, yeah, a whole new thing. Don't know how I've missed it, but I have. There you go. My second nice. one. Nice. One. Nice. So there you go, folks. Plenty of uh, comics and comic chat for you to go into your week thinking about. Probably adding to your wish list um, to purchase at a future time, whether it be books that are yet to be translated or you know books that you can get now but certainly lots of comics that you should definitely get your hands on at some point yep. in time and uh yeah we're glad you got back safe tony thanks babes uh um, but anthony was a bit tired a, today yeah. Yeah. glad you had such a great time yeah oh man it's so it's invigorating is what it was you know it just really it was, it was a, a shot in the arm for me it really was yeah so um no doubt there'll be plenty more uh good comic stuff to come from Europe. I was about to say Europe comics, but European comics and stuff. There'll probably be lots of stuff that Tony got a glimpse of <laughs> that we'll discover down the line. Just go, God, how did I not know about this? Oh man, there's so yeah, much I yeah. saw that I'm just desperate for them to translate. I'm, yeah. I'm interested because like when we talked about the <clears throat> the manga stuff, they they seem to be well on board with the manga stuff way before the UK was. So Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, it is. Drawing up the, the the drawbridge now seems a bit the the, the horses are really fucking bolted, but yeah, yeah. you're not going to change the kids' minds, are you? And those kids will become will be adults in a couple of years, won't they? And they'll that's what they'll be still looking for. But you yeah. might be able to get some yeah. BD and Marvel and DC under their yeah, eyes yeah. as well, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. But if any of you kids uh, are listening to this show many years in the future, then thank you for listening. And if there's anything you want us to talk about in the future both old and new listeners alike there's several different ways you can get in touch with us you can get email us awesomecomicspod at comics 
What was that? Awesome comics. <laughs> comics. <laughs> the no, Dutch one. Doing a Sean Connery. Awesome comics. Um, <laughs> awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. Um, follow us on social media at the awesome pod. Um, join the Slack channel, which is full Get of on it. loads of good groups. And yes. Group talks, um, whether it be creator discussions, crowdfunding discussions, just comics discussions. There's something for everyone on there. Yeah. Um, from uh, including people all over the world and certainly the community is we are a very open community wherever you are in the world wherever you've listened to this please join us because if you no love gatekeeping comics, on our slack if you, if you come love on, comics come on. if yeah. you love comics yeah. <clears throat> whether it be making or, or just reading or whatever if you love comics then come talk to us and talk you to know one people. thing about the slack with there's no we've had no moder- moderation required it's pretty no, much, we haven't, have we? no all run itself because yeah. we're all fucking adults Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I say that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from me, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dan, you bumhead. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> and uh, for more adult uh, discussion and uh, grown-up behaviour, um, you can find it on our website, awesomecomics.podbean.com. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, like, leave a review, etc. Helps get the word out about the show and everything we talk about every week. Um, if you listen to us on other networks, such as Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife, what other networks are we on, Tony? We're on the infamous pod, Zero Interest in the Vagina. <laughs> um, they really need to shorten the name of that one. Yeah, it's too long, <laughs> that one. Yeah. Um, Scrolls across your car screen, didn't it? You know. Your car screen. Look at you. Know, you know, when you have that little thing on your car. Yeah, you look at you. Yeah, yeah, if you're well flash. Bloody You've got hell. ballet shoes in your car. Hey, <laughs> ballet shoes. What of it? Anyway, uh, <laughs> where can people find us online, etc.? Tony, neverironanything.com. Easy. Go, Dan. You can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic, and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. Lovely. And you can find me probably waffling about something on social media at Jester Diablo. Thank you very much for joining us this week, folks. There's plenty more um, fun and comics to come over the next couple of episodes before the big 400. But, God, yeah, that's coming around. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll announce more details of that soon because that we might... Need to get on that soon, don't we? Yeah. A bit, yeah. A bit of audience participation. So so stay tuned yeah. to our, um, our socials, etc. for details of that. But until then, wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, we hope you're happy, healthy, doing well, because we all love you very much. Dan, you love them, don't you? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah pretty much. Pretty much. In a way. In, in a way. <laughs> and I tell you what, that's the best way. Trust me. Um, He's coming around to my way of thinking. Yeah. Well, the way you love them, Tony. Mm. Hard me love. I'll give him I'll tough love. I sent you that Alan Partridge screenshot when you went off to France on the Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're not saying that out loud. No. <laughs> uh, um, but what we will say out loud is have a brilliant week, everyone. Read loads of comics, make loads of comics. Just keep the absolute joy of this medium alive. And as always, well, actually, what what should they do, guys? Stay, Stay awesome. awesome. Couldn't say it better myself. Perfect. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>